Support for the My Mike and I podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. What's up, guys? It's Noah Alvarez here. I want to take a quick minute to talk about Manscaped and the wonderful products that they offer. Fellas, I know we can all relate to a time when we were in middle school or we were in high school and we are using these cheap razors, maybe some scissors, just to try and clean up some debris down there below the waistline. And boom, we accidentally cut ourselves. Boom, we accidentally hurt ourselves. We are super embarrassed at the time to tell anybody. Maybe now looking back at it, we can laugh back at the situation. And those days are a thing of the past. Because Manscaped, this revolutionary company, has this new wonderful electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2.0 and you can find it on their website. This thing is waterproof. This thing has skin safe technology. So this trimmer isn't going to knack you. It's not going to snag you and pull your hairs. It's super safe to even to use around those hard to get places down there below your waistline. So it's super revolutionary. All those accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer that you're using on your face on your private area. That's just... That's just a little sus. <laughs> Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Guys, we're already putting deodorant on our armpits. Why are we not putting deodorant on one of the smelliest and stankiest parts of our body? You can get 20% off now and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS in all caps at manstate.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping using the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code BIGHEADS in all caps. What's up, everybody? You are tuned in to the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. want to thank everybody that's currently tuning into this show. Whether you're a day one listener or you're relatively new to the show, greatly appreciate you. A few people I want to thank before we get into this week's show. Do want to thank Vince Correa for producing and designing the My Mike and I logo that you're currently seeing on your screen. He also helps a lot with the My Mike and I Instagram page. You can go follow that at at my period Mike and period I. Also want to shout out Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. Be sure to go check out his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. You can also check out his work at Bandcamp if you're interested in producing or in, in purchasing one of his instrumentals or his beats. You can also give him a follow on the Twitter, on the Instagram. Just search up Generic Sports. He produces all the instrumentals that we're playing here at the My Mike and I, uh, and I podcast. So I want to thank, of course, Generic Sports and Vince Correa. Also want to thank the Big Heads Podcast Network because we are officially a part of the Big Heads Podcast Network. And they have that wonderful sponsor. They helped us get that wonderful sponsor with Manscaped. And of course, they have a lot of wonderful podcasts on their website too. Not just the My Mike and I podcast, but a few others as well. Uh, so just like the Curious Kid podcast. Here's a commercial describing a little bit more about their show. Hello, my name is Jacob. And I'm his co-host, five-year-old Olivia. Do you have kids? And are your kids curious? If you answered yes, you should check out Curious Kid Podcast, a weekly educational podcast for curious kids and grown-ups. Every week we learn about another topic. We've already learned about spider webs, batteries, the moon, and so much more. You can find us at CuriousKidPodcast.Buzzsprout.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
boom noah alvarez back here in action on the my mike and i podcast hope everyone had a wonderful new year's hope everyone ha- had a wonderful christmas with their family with their friends wh- whoever you spent it with hope everyone had a wonderful holiday period uh, i know i didn't have a podcast come out last week and i was thinking every week in 2019 i dropped a podcast whether it was back when we were still the Podfathers or when we officially rebranded, it was the My Mike and I podcast for the last six or seven months. Nonetheless, I never took a week off. And you know what? I was thinking about it. I had a lot on my plate with the internship at 90.1 KBPK. I still had a lot of few things going on with the ball out, another internship that I have going on. So, you know, I was just like, you know what? Okay, uh, I need to take this week off. And so, you know what, guys? If I miss one week of a whole entire year, I apologize. But nonetheless, we're back here in action, up and running here for the year 2020. A few things I want to go over really quick. Um, one, obviously, I hope everyone had a wonderful, happy holidays. Two, be sure to go check out some of the older podcast episodes that we have in our library. We have a lot of great ones, especially recently, too. I have a former gangbanger turned filmmaker and Manny Jimenez Sr. come on the show. I have a few other artists that I've had come on the show recently, like the rapper 80, like Hallelujah Dystopia, like No Shame X. So there's a few other rappers that I've had on the show. I also have a few movie review podcasts that we've talked about as far as Spider-Man and Lion King review. We had an Avengers Endgame at the beginning of the year, not the beginning, but when the Endgame came out, we had one about a couple weeks after Avengers Endgame came out. And there's just a lot of older episodes in the podcast. Don't be afraid to look at some of the older episodes. I know some of them are going to be more specific towards the dates and, you know, the date specific. And we talk about the present sports there. But there's a lot of other podcasts, too. Like when we go over Big Mouth Season 3, if you're a Big Mouth fan on Netflix, definitely go check out the Big Mouth Season 3 review podcast. I had Alexis on that one. I also had Ricky and Jacob on that one. That one was a lot of fun. So just be sure to check out some of the older content on the My Mike and I podcast. A lot of great stuff up on there. Also be sure to give the My Mike and I page on Instagram a follow. That's at my period Mike and period I. I like to interact with the fans that way. I like to post different questions sometimes. It's a good way too to see the graphic designs that I post on a week-to-week basis when the new episode drops. I also like to do a throwback Thursday and highlight some of the older episodes up on there. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram page at noha underscore alvarez um, i have that one private because i work with students so i gotta keep that one private and nonetheless just shoot me a request and i will be uh glad i will gladly accept that request also follow me on twitter at underscore noah alvarez uh, you can interact with me for the podcast on that platform as well i'm more active on instagram i think for the podcast as far as everything else so sports wise for hot takes or just anything else to talk about on Twitter. You know, Twitter is a great place for comedy as well. Uh, just give me a follow. I, I have a very active Twitter account for sure, but more personal, not towards the, the, the Mike and I podcast. Nonetheless, also check out my YouTube page. Go check up Noah Alvarez on YouTube. I have my first demo highlight reel. Plan on making a few other ones in the coming weeks, especially during this winter break where I don't have work and uh, a few of the internships while they're kind of like at a, a, a lull right now. I don't have as much to prepare for. I'm going to create a football specific one, a volleyball specific one, and a basketball specific one um, just to kind of have one each individual sport. Right now I have a general one that has a little bit of everything as well as some of my top interviews and that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Be sure to check it out. Help your local multimedia journalist get a job in the industry. 
greatly appreciated. Now, episode 86, I'm really excited about this one because like we did at the end of 2018, I wanted to do a few end of the year review shows and granted, we wanted to wait till the very end of the year because I know in 2018, I know Vince, JJ, and Jesus and I, we recorded a best hip hop of 2018 podcast and sure enough, there was a few other albums that dropped just a couple days after we recorded that podcast so it was kind of funny looking back at it nonetheless we rated till the very last week of 2019 so we got all the hip-hop albums and listening to that we could and we put together a top five hip-hop albums of 2019 we also talk about some other projects that we really enjoyed and some artists that we found as breakout artists in 2019 that we had just started listening to and we also talk about some artists that had really um really disappointed us as well so it's a really fun conversation i have two of the people who really helped me run this podcast as far as vince and jj taking care of a lot of the other like the visuals and the instrumental playing in the background they they help a lot with the podcast and so they hop on this show because we're all three really big hip-hop fans uh i want to say experts but we are all big hip-hop fans sharing our opinion on this overall year of music and especially in the hip-hop industry and what a year it's been so without further ado Here's a conversation between JJ, Vince, and I about the best hip-hop music of 2019. So we were here uh, about a year ago just to talk about our favorite songs from 2018. And now we're here in 2019 talking about our favorite albums, favorite songs, favorite artists. How would you compare 2019 as a whole to 2018? Better. Yeah, <laughs> really? You say better? To oh, me, it was, to me, it was more people um, who released albums that like I was more inclined to listen to. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, is that like more underground artists? You would say? I don't or? know. Maybe not. Not even that. It's yeah. just I feel like odd years. There's always albums mm. I can think back, like 2015, 2017, really? like albums that I like. In like, I feel like Schoolboy Q is always dropping albums. That's like, true. Odd That's years. true. Because it's always every two. I TDE think tries to keep it every two years. Every two. Right? Yeah. Because to Peppa Butterfly yeah. was 2019 as well. What came or out from 15. them this year? Was it their smaller acts more? <clears throat> oh no, Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q. I think that was it. Yeah. Did uh, Lance Skywalker have an album? Did he? Fuck, man. That's what. That's where it kind of makes it hard, and that's why I say last year was a little bit better for me because there was more. Like, I feel like we saw a lot of artists that we like be on like a global, like get like global recognition. Yeah, like their break, albums got like in the Grammys. Yeah, we mm-hmm. saw Nipsey Hussle, R.I.P. get into the Grammy nominations. We saw J. Rock get into the Grammy nominations. Right. So it was like, oh, okay, this year feels more like. I guess our year because mm-hmm. we're seeing artists that we really listen to now getting the recognition that they deserve. Whereas, like for me this year, what made it hard was like there was some really good albums that came out. Don't get me wrong, and like amazing ones at that. And probably between this year and last year, I would say an album from this year would be top above all the ones that have come out over the past two years. Mm-hmm. But things fell out of my rotation like really easily this yeah. year. And that's why I had trouble saying, like, is this album really good? And I would have to, like, force myself to go back and listen to an album for the fourth or fifth time rather than in recent years something comes out that's dope, like Redemption, Mm -hmm. and it stays in my rotation for, like, the next, like, five. I feel like Redemption didn't ever leave my rotation in 2018. And some of these albums was, like, 
oh, this is a great summer album, and then it stayed through summer, but then I really didn't go back to it. Or some of them were like, listen once, and then just kind of passed up on it right after that. Right. I felt so, the total opposite. Really? Yeah, yeah, there was like a lot more that I would listen to again and again this year. Mm-hmm. Without... I can't wait for JJ's <laughs> Yeah, Because I feel like JJ's going to say something, and I'm going to be like, oh, damn, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. I, just, I, felt, yeah. I felt like... Uh, like I'm still listening to a lot of stuff that came out earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even randomly being like, "Oh yeah, I, I want to listen to that song right now." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play it. Well, I remember at the beginning of the year, like I remember texting you and reaching out just because there wasn't a lot of like noise in hip hop. Yeah. As far as like as albums coming out. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I thought that's why I started out with this question because I'm more with Vince as far as like thinking. Um, I think 2018 probably there was a lot more albums I still had in rotation like Redemption, like There You Have It by Reason, uh, and a few others just to be named, where 2019, it got off to a slow start. And there were some good albums. I, I don't think I... There was like two or three albums that I loved, but comparing it to 2018, okay. I felt like there was like five or six. Mm-hmm. I think last year I had a tougher time narrowing it down to top five, versus this year it was kind of like, okay, I really like these three, and then the last two were hard, but it wasn't as difficult as where last year I had a lot more like... That never left my rotation, kind of like what you said. Yeah, or even like when we met up last year, I had a hard time putting that list together Mm -hmm. because there was so many. Whereas like this year, I think, and when we talk about it, there's a few that are like neck and neck that Mm -hmm. I can't really decide which one makes the top five and which one is an honorable mention. But it was a lot easier. Like I went through like all the albums that came out. I think Hip Hop DX puts out like um, something on their website where you can go month by month and see what came out. So like I went through that just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Because I felt like last time when we talked, I missed a few. Yeah. But when I was going through that, it was like, yeah, that was all right. That was all right. It's yeah. not making it. That's not making it. Mm-hmm. I'd see one and be like, oh, yeah, that was going in for sure. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, I had like seven. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it wasn't as hard as it was last year. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like 2018 must have been a better year just because I had more of a struggle putting this list right. together. Yeah. I liked a lot of albums this year, but not loved a lot, if that makes sense. Um, I guess you. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say, too, in 2019, I think hip-hop kind of, like, friendly, finally emerged itself into, like, mainstream culture. Whether it was Drake kissing the trophy after the Raptors oh, yeah, won the yeah, NBA yeah. championship. Um, you know, like, the whole 21 Savage when he got arrested by ICE for mm-hmm. an expired visa. You know, like, Damn, the whole man. social media, like, clowned him for that. And it just seemed like anytime something newsworthy happened in hip-hop or a character that's in hip-hop... It just it was everywhere now. I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say like hip hop is like officially in the mainstream. I yeah. felt like it has been for like 10, 15 yeah. years. I think so. <laughs> I think for us, I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to kind of say something similar. Like, we know that hip hop is the number one gen- genre right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the same way rock had its, had its run. Like, we know hip hop is in that space and it has been for like a <clears> while <throat> now. But now when you look at who breaks into mainstream America, Jay-Z signing a deal with the NFL, stuff like that. Now it's like you, for the other side who would argue that it's not, they can't anymore Mm -hmm. because we have so much like backlogs of things that like hip hop has had as an influence. And even in like now, like it used to be hip hop and streetwear. That was the main thing. That was the things that like combined it and streetwear was like our thing. But now it's made a break into high fashion. Mm -hmm. Now we see hip hop artists talking about a certain Balenciaga or something like that. And almost... To, to you know to some fashion nerd I'm sure they've known about Balenciaga since the 90s but to us it's like oh shit we're seeing hip hop have yeah. an influence on high fashion on Vogue and shit like that yeah. and there's a crossover between like streetwear where there's Born and Raised now being in like 
you know some the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, We're seeing yeah. like this crazy transition, and, and now anybody who comes and says, "Oh no, hip hop isn't isn't as big as." Mm-hmm. Whatever alternative or country, we've got to make the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah like yeah. look at everything that we've contributed like the to country outside artists of music. Are trying to cross over to get that appeal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's a good transition because you brought up country. I mean, do you guys fuck with uh, Lil Nas X's uh, Old Town Road? Or I really did though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucked with it. It was dope. It was a moment in hip hop. Yeah, because it was it's just like, music history in general. Yeah, because you had hip hop like backing it. Like we supported this song, but it wasn't hip hop. It mm-hmm. was like. And that was the other thing. Hip-hop was in support of it. Usually when something's not falling within the genre, we kind of push it out and be like, nah, that's not ours. Get it out of here yeah. kind of thing. The only but thing it was like, we want to push it out there, but for a reason of like, we want to see this blow up in the country world to see the influence that mm-hmm. hip-hop has across the board. Right. And it was crazy too, like a funny story. I was in Dallas visiting like an old family friend at the time. <laughs> so when I heard this song, when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is tight. Like what, like California needs to get on this song. I had legit thought, you know, this was only a Texas yeah, only yeah. song, you know what I mean? Because I had never heard it before. But it just happened to be, you know, I was in Texas at the time and like country and whatever. But then you come back, and I was like, oh shit, this is big, big. Yeah, like, yeah, everybody yeah. knows about this. So it was kind of a trip to see that. I thought it was like... Texas specific. I was like, oh, this goes hard, you know? <laughs> and like, it, it's, it didn't it hit a record for like one of the best songs yeah. like, ever made? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. As far as like streaming like, and like, it got, di- it got a diamond uh, certification. It's <laughs> crazy. Thing, right? Once <laughs> things get that big, obviously it kind of kills it for of me. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's like the first time I heard it, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, um, oh, I, oh, this song's popular. Let me listen to it. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was like, I had, I had a weird moment while that song like blew up as it was because I know a lot of people from our generation were like, oh, now this shit is whack that all the like third graders are like dancing yeah. to it and stuff. But I tried to like pull myself out of that like train of thought just because at some point, I'm sure we ruined certain artists for kids who were in high school when we were in third grade. Yeah. Like, when we went around singing In the Club by 50 Cent, yeah, I'm sure, sure somebody who was, like, 17, 18 was like, man, this song is whack now, because yeah, yeah. every little third grader singing this song. But to <laughs> us, that's what, for a lot of us, 50 Cent and the game and, like, Slim Shady and all that, that's what kind of brought us into the hip-hop world. So if, like, if somebody listens to Lil Nas X and mm-hmm. that brings them into the hip-hop world, then I can't be mad at that, because yeah. it only pushes the culture forward, whereas, like, because mm-hmm. who knows, like... Some little kid could be searching Little Nas X because everybody in his class is doing the dance, right. but then he misspells it and it lands him on "Made You Look by Nas." Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then he realizes that that's his, That's more his style. Yeah, I can't be mad at, at how he entered hip hop. It's mm-hmm. just it's cool that now it's transitioned. Now kids have access to whatever. That's why yeah. I feel like our generation is the best because we had access to be able to. Okay, this shit is cool in the two thousands, but let me go back to the nineties. Yeah. Like the game used to mention Dre and Snoop a lot. That's how I kind of transitioned. Yeah. Okay, let me check out who Snoop Dogg is. Yeah. Sounds crazy, I'm sure, to a, a hip hop head, but at the same time, I feel like I'm somebody who now is in like who's now kept that culture alive since Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. And it's because game has put me on to yeah. Snoop Dogg, which sounds weird, but like you can't be mad at a kid for how they discovered hip-hop or how they got into it. Right. Even if it's a song like 
Old Town Road, which isn't even hip hop. Yeah, exactly. but it's like. <laughs> but you're talking about like paying homage to like the older artists, people who did it before them. That, that's what I like about that song too, because he has Billy Ray hop on, and like yeah, yeah. if you fuck with country, that kind of music, like you that, know, that's Billy that Ray. moment for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like Billy well, Ray. Well, I think he performed at the Stagecoach. Festival yeah, too, mm-hmm. so. yeah, exactly. To us, it's funny because it's like, oh shit, like Hannah Montana's dad <laughs> is now on the record, but that's because we don't fuck with country. We don't. We didn't yeah. know Achy Breaky Hard or any shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but if it transitioned, if it like, if it reached somebody who did mm-hmm. and, and brought them into this young kid who made this record in mm-hmm. 2019, then you gotta let it, you gotta let it ride. Yeah, and I think it was cool. It was like there's that video of him with all the elementary schoolers singing that the song. Exactly, like, that's like a moment. That's, yeah, you can't be mad at that. And you, like after seeing that, I was like, man, this dude is set for life. Like he doesn't have to put out another album or song. Like he's always gonna be making money off of that because he's gonna have kids as young as like first second grade yeah forever memory because you know how there's songs like that when we see in the club that i'm sure djs and bars still want to play because they know we really love that show yeah, exactly kids, whether it was like 50 cent in the club or you know like just different songs right yeah. we kind of have like that nostalgia feeling like there's going to be so many kids in the club you know 10 15 well like 18 years from now once they hit 21 that they're going to put on old town road and everyone's gonna be like oh yeah, yeah exactly this is like first yeah. grade <laughs> you know like oh what is yeah. that for us what gets us I, in the club for sure club, by 50 yeah. Cent um, they don't play it at clubs but like Hate It or Love it was one of my favorite songs yeah kid. yeah. Um, Hot in Here by Nelly oh that's that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's probably one of, yeah, yeah. Um, Ludacris ooh Luda. And, yeah. yeah when you hear Ludacris <laughs> get like, back. oh shit <laughs> Ludacris was dope bro. yeah he had like his niche man. he was that's why I like. That's why sometimes serious. I will understand the hip hop heads when they say yo these kids ain't saying shit or it just sounds whack because like Ludacris had those pop records. It was like huge records that like everybody loved. His kids mm-hmm. loved. What song was it? Was it Get Back where he had yeah. like the fake arms? No, yeah. no, oh, that get was back, yeah, yeah. Like you listen to that song and it's catchy and it's good and it's fun. But then like when it gets to like one of his main verses, like the third verse, which doesn't even exist in hip hop anymore. Nobody has a third verse. Mm-hmm. But like when you get to it, he's he's rapping, rapping. Yeah. So it's like, damn, like he was a pop art, a pop rap artist because mm. he was on the radio. He was dominating it in that respect. But dude could actually rap. <laughs> yeah. What was that one? He did number one spot for uh, the soundtrack to uh, Powers, right? Yeah. Powers, yeah. yeah. That, they had that beat going on in the back. That was hard too. <laughs> and he had like the mini me on his chain in the yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. Wait, no, no, that was. What's the verse? It feels like a midget. Is uh, that that's right. Oh, let's stand up. Yeah, that's stand up. that song gets. When me he has the big it. Nike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels like a midget. Yeah, so that, that's pretty tight. I'm trying to think of another song that. Gets Dude, what that. other artist was making like, for lack of a better word, like ignorant music, but it was like funny. Yeah, back then. <laughs> Or just ever like yeah. Eminem did a lot of that with yeah, like Slim Shady and uh, just lose it. And I remember he, he did a lot of stuff like that. Uh-huh. Was... I think more of like what you're hitting at, I would say, would be like Redman and Method Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had some really good like records that like blew up like globally and like you could hear on the radio back then. But then it's also like, damn, these dudes are hard. Like one's <laughs> coming from Wu Tang and one has that same Wu Tang style mm-hmm. and like. They might be saying something. You might listen to like a verse on there and just laugh because it's funny. <laughs> but like they got bars, so they're yeah. just barring each other out, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's hip hop. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I would say them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Redman did a song with Christina Aguilera, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, old dirty bastard did that song with Mariah Carey. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all getting good features. 
So let's go ahead and transition back to uh, this year too. <laughs> Were there any like breakout artists, breakout albums, maybe someone you weren't listening to beforehand that you kind of caught off guard by? And now you're like definitely have them in your rotation and you're a fan of now. YB and Corday. Yeah, oh, that's there true. you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's Lost the best Boy one for me. Yeah, that was one of my. That was one of my top albums. Me too. I put yeah. that at number five. Yeah, me. that went that one hit home, man. He had some really good lyrics in that one. That was in my runner up, but I definitely I definitely fuck with that album heavy. Mm-hmm. Cause and it was like that moment you heard it, it was like, oh shit, like yeah. this kid can rap. Yeah. And I feel like prior to the, that album coming out, we saw like a few uh like freestyles that he did. He mm-hmm. did like a press run and he was like spitting on some of like you know, where we see like real lyricists go. So it was like, Oh, hold on, let me check this out. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh damn, this kid can rap. That at the same time, I still have my reservations. Like, is that going to translate into the album? Mm-hmm. And then when it came out, it was like, damn, no, this shit is hard. Yeah. The song you did with Anderson Pack, like, that yeah. was hard. That one was hard. The back and forth that they went. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he has, like, some deep personal stuff, too. Like, he had, family he has, like, the bars and, like, all, yeah, exactly, from Family Matters to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, he had the bars, but he could also back it up and have, like, some, like, substantial stuff in his lyrics, too. I thought that was really cool. And to, like, to really, really say something in your first album. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of times, like, That's you rare. get signed to a major label, and now it's, okay, let's just put out, like, let's put out a tester. You put out your first album, see how it does in the street. Like, there's only so many artists who had their, like, first breakout album also be, like... I don't want to say the best because there's a lot of that because we have like a personal attachment to an artist's first album but mm-hmm. where they're really going into something deep like Kendrick I feel like went into something deep with Good Kid Mad City yeah. but then on top of that when he came out with To Pimp a Butterfly which people argue whether one is better or not mm-hmm. whatever, however many years later that was he also said something even more deep Yeah. so it's like there's that but for YBN Corday to come out first album and to talk about like the way I took Family was it Family Matters? Yeah. The way I took that record was like him going through his own survival's guilt. Mm-hmm. Like he's on the road, he's doing these things, but he's seeing everything that's going on back home and like people want him to just be happy, but he's like, How could I be happy when I see my family going through this? Right. So to to have your first album already come out with a message like that on a record, mm-hmm. like that to me was crazy and that's what kind of was that in that moment is when it blew me away. Like, oh damn, this kid is got like talent, talent. Like, yeah, he he's really going in on this shit. Yeah, because the songs prior I was listening to, like, oh, this is a great album. This song's good. This song's good. I have like no skips so far. Mm-hmm. And when it got to that song, I was like, oh damn, this kid's yeah. really got. Like, yeah, he's opening up. Yeah, and yeah. he's got like talent for real. That's <laughs> true though. No skips. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Like, oh, this no is skips. Cool. Yeah. Oh, this song's cool too. Yeah. I would say the the other artist for me and was whole collective would be Griselda. Griselda. Mm. I like kind of got put onto Griselda last year and like you know listened to a few records from them. I feel like what kind of made them stand out even more to me this year was kind of back to what we were talking about like there wasn't too much that I was going back to or like was staying in my rotation. So I started listening to a lot of older records. Like I started getting into like Mm -hmm. more like deeper stuff from 90s New York hip hop albums, whether it be OC or Freddie Fox, stuff like that. So simultaneously while I'm listening to those songs and then, you know, Benny the Butcher puts out an album and they dropped like, what felt like eight albums today. They were just in Mm -hmm. grind mode today. I mean, this year. And, um when I would listen to those songs in comparison to some of the older stuff, like it just flowed naturally. Like I always put like, like a mega playlist together that just has 
like my entire rotation for the entire year just so I can go back on it and listen to it. But so it was intermixed with stuff from the 90s, New York hip hop era versus like some of the records that they were putting out this year. And it just flowed perfectly together. And that's where I was like, damn, these kids really got like amazing well, bars. Aren't they and, like, like 30s? In their oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're older. Yeah. But um, seeing them this year, you know, sign with Jay-Z signed at Slim Shady, like, go through the various deals that they went through and still be able to put out, like, raw and gritty yeah, music like that they do. continue doing what they're doing. Exactly what they do. And, like, yeah, an album comes out and you know exactly what it's going to sound like because it's going to sound like the last mm-hmm. one, but they're going to have some crazy-ass line in there. <laughs> I, every single time, for me, it's all, I feel like it's always Conway the Machine. He always says, like, a crazy line mm-hmm. where I think in one of them he said, like... It was something about like helping the paramedics, so I shot you in the same hole twice. Uh-huh. I was like, damn! Uh-huh. <laughs> like, shoot somebody and then shoot them in the same hole. Uh-huh. Like, that's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> Another one was like, word to the coke that's in my shooter's nose. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, man. You got shooters that I just coked out yeah. like, on your side. Like, that's a hard bar. <laughs> but for, for me, it was them. And, and this year, they none of their albums left my rotation. It stayed in there all the time. Yeah. I didn't put them in my top five just because I think I might have put like one, one of them in my top five. But um, I feel like I feel like their best work's not coming. Yeah. Like, something's going to come yeah. out. They did a song with Premiere this year, which was crazy. But I feel like something's going to come out where it's going to really like be like, okay, this is their classic. Yeah. Right now, they're just making amazing music. But I didn't want to put them in my top five until I hear like, oh, yeah. shit, Benny put out a classic or West Side Gun put out a classic. Mm-hmm. But but they were definitely the ones that like shocked me and kind of... Yeah. For me, it was... For me, it's hard not to like talk, have a hip-hop episode about 2019 and not mention the baby. Because oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah. that, before this year, I had no idea who he was, and then mm-hmm. you research him a little bit more. Like he's been doing this for a while. Uh-huh. But I think it was you who sent me the Baby on Baby, or mm-hmm. Baby on Baby, the album, and that kind of like hold me over for much at the beginning of the year, along with Boogie's album, Everything for Sale. Yeah, because there wasn't a lot of stuff early released in the year that I had li- liked and listened to. But I remember that was just like I remember hearing Shug for the first time because you had yeah. sent me the album. And I wasn't really interested in listening to the whole album at the time. I was just like, okay, let me listen to like the starred songs and yeah. Apple Music. <laughs> and I listened to Suge. I was like, oh shit, this is tight. Like <laughs> yeah. this goes hard, you know. I think and that's I how to... I got into him too. Like, yeah, you tweeted something. <laughs> I listened to like, I, I think I was like playing a lot of like eight ball pool. At that time. <laughs> yeah. So I played like ten games and listened to like the whole. Uh, like first album that he had yeah and I'm like this is I like yeah it. and it's just like a, a super different style um it's kind of like choppy like a lot of the trap is yeah. now but the beats go way mm-hmm. harder and that just really put him onto the map to have like an incredible 2019 mm-hmm. and the run he went on but i mean for never hearing about him before this year it's hard to say like he probably had one of the best breakout albums you know of, yeah, oh, of the 100%. year for sure and he had two that's, yeah that's and he had crazy. two the yeah. second one the intro on the second album that he put out was mm-hmm. crazy yeah we're talking about his dad mm-hmm that I was like, damn, he's, he's yeah, he's really going in on that, and and it was just again, it's like a line that I hear in a song. It could be just one line in that entire song that I'm like, oh, okay, I fuck with that. And he's like, just landed. People are like, yeah. oh, like you know, how are you doing? He's like, no, I want to go grab something and go after the people that did my dad. Yeah, and I was just like, damn, man, and mm-hmm. and this is like quote unquote a pop rap artist. Yeah, like, exactly. Really saying something, and of course we knew he was like 
hard. I mean, there's videos yeah. of him beating the shit out of a dude in the mall and, yeah. like, getting pressed by, like, you know, some gangsters in the area and him standing his ground. So it was like, all right, he's solidified. Mm-hmm. But now he's now we see he's a lyricist. We see he can make these pop records. Mm-hmm. We see he can he can chart. Like, no, yeah. you got to give it up to him. And I feel like as a from a business standpoint, he's really smart, too. I think it was, what, a week ago he was arrested, but he had, like, the whole... He had, like, a camera crew kind of filmed the arrest and you know he, he said in the interview that the the interview or the video of the arrest is going to be released because he said that the cops did him 30 and, and oh, Charlie yeah. PD I think it was and so you know he but he seems like he has everything prepared he's always like one step ahead he doesn't seem like one of these because a lot of times you see like a good rapper have like a really good song or a little good run but then he'll get caught slipping up yeah. um, whether it's due to a death whether it's due to you know having drugs or guns on them and they get arrested and they're put away for some time mm-hmm. but it just seems like and obviously the baby's older than a lot of these young rappers that are kind of coming up and blowing up but he just seems like he's well prepared and like thought everything out and he's like super business oriented and is like all about his business but he's all about the rap and like yeah. you know he's serious he knows how to like keep one f- keep both feet in the door and kind of like put stuff from behind you know mm-hmm. exactly is it true he's 5'4 yeah, yeah, he's really short. Oh, sweet! <laughs> yeah. No, he's short, big Sean Fuck short. All these short kings out here. <laughs> um, another one for me, too. You guys have heard of Villain Park, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, just kind of waiting on their album, The Recipe to Drop. That was pretty tight because I yeah. had recently heard about them a couple years ago. And, and just like their boom bap style was super nice to have that album it wasn't a, a top five album for me yeah. but i really enjoyed it you know that cold, the, the song's cold game and mm-hmm. we out here just like their their flow i think it displays like they have a lot of potential to come i don't yeah. think this is their best work but if they stick together and they continue to like improve upon their game and stuff like that i think they could be like one of those like for sure like one of those hip-hop groups from the west coast that really like kind of make a name for themselves yeah yeah you're kind of waiting on that and it's, it's hard because you know that the talent is there. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, all right, that wh- whoever is on their team has to figure out what's the the perfect mix to, to get them on that level to right. be the next TD or whatever. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like you see the talent's there, but it's like, all right, can they make that transition? Right. Can one of them put out a classic? Can they really put out just an amazing song that takes them to that level? Yeah. To be on that same, I guess, playing field as like the J. Coles and like yeah. his whole camp that he has. Yeah. Dreamville, I feel like, has been the closest thing to get to TDE. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they, they still, the only edge that TDE has is they have classic records that yeah. like, I remember going to certain festivals like Day and Night where you have like, mumble rappers and stuff like that and then Kendrick or Schoolboy Q or whoever's whoever from TDE is at that festival their set is coming up and me thinking like oh okay man look at these kids out here in fucking camo pants and yeah. dirty Air Force Ones they're not gonna run to go listen to this Kendrick, straight yeah. hip hop shit and then they do yeah. and then I'm like damn that kind of like for me it puts it into perspective of how legendary TDE really is cause mm-hmm. we know they are and when I talk to like guys like you guys it's like I know the, the impact that TDE has had on this generation but it's like do these kids running around here listening to this right. wild shit do they know the, the impact that TDE has mm-hmm. and when you see them leave whatever stage they're at and you see kids just hauling ass over to the stage so they don't miss Kendrick's intro it's like oh damn everybody sees it Mm -hmm. so now it's like what is going to be the next group that has that that push Mm -hmm. and I mean I don't for me I don't think anybody has because you got Kendrick who can who can make it to Pimp a Butterfly, but then do a song with Rich the Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and still have that appeal. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man, nobody's on that level yet. Exactly, exactly. But there's a lot of artists, like you said, you can't chop it up to them and put them in top five mm-hmm. because they haven't done that yet. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe our bar is a little bit higher for certain artists to reach. But 
we see the talents there, and now we're just waiting on that moment mm-hmm. for them. And I, I feel like Villain Park is definitely that for yeah. And at sometimes least our space to hip hop. Sometimes it comes down to who's in their circle. So hopefully they have like mm-hmm. the right people in their circle exactly. and their crew that can kind of like help them get to their to the spot they want to be at, but without like selling out and exactly. flaming out and kind of you know getting lost over the shuffle and over some dumb shit. You know? Yeah, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Any other artists that kind of stood out to you that break out? No, just my big one was YB and Corday. That was yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into artists and albums that you thought were really good this year, but that didn't make your top five cut. I want to start this one, Boogie. Everything for sale. I really like Boogie's style because you know there's a lot of acoustics as far as instrumentals go. Yeah. Um, I thought that song Self Destruction is really funny because the hook goes like something, something, something. Can't remember nothing. nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I just I just like his style. He's very playful, even from his old mixtape days yeah. and everything. I think I'll always have respect for him too because he wore the yeah the, <laughs> the younger punk. Like I, I, I always respect him yeah. because of that. <laughs> That's like one of ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like attached to it forever. <laughs> no, I definitely I definitely feel that. But like that album and then um, Silent Ride. Mm-hmm. That song was hard. Yeah, that I have to like. I'm kind of in agreement with you. It's not in my top five, but that song is definitely one of the best songs I've heard like mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. But I'll add Danny Brown. Mm, yeah. Mm. Mm, what was it? You, you know what I'm you know saying? What I'm yeah, saying. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like him because he's... Uh, like, he does, like, I like the artists who just do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. So, like, his last album was really weird and experimental uh-huh. and a lot of people probably because like i played it in my car with other people and they're like can you please like, literally like <laughs> my girlfriend was like can you change this yeah. song yeah but that's the atrocity exhibition yeah right? yeah but i was like this is really cool to me mm-hmm. but it's the same one with this album like it's a little more like mild i guess but yeah, I, but um he but he's definitely changed too in mm-hmm. his even like his appearance and just probably his lifestyle mm-hmm. and I feel like it reflects that and I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. did you get to hear um yeah another one I have is games born to rap yeah that's not yeah. your top five it's not in my top five what? I, I was I was expecting it to be <laughs> no top I know sure <laughs> I just didn't like it because it was like 25 tracks yeah, and, yeah you know we talked about this last year too <laughs> We talked about this last year too. I mean, it seems like all the albums now are you know seven to 11, 12 tracks now. So just getting a twenty-five track album, there <laughs> it's was, hard to get through. Yeah, it's hard to get through, and, that's and like you end up. Rain. I only ended up liking thirteen of them, so that's you know barely. Oh, okay. Thirteen, fourteen of them, so that's barely that's barely above half, you know. Yeah. So I think if I he you. you know trims it up a little bit, but I really love what he did with a song with Nipsey, and that's the lyric that he has with Nipsey. I wrote it down. Nipsey had in his verse, "Welcome home." He's like, probably die in the streets, but I'll survive through my name. I know. And that's that crazy. One got me. Yeah, yeah, that one got me because he, yeah. you know, he obviously recorded that before he passed away, but uh-huh. it, it's true. Like, he spoke it into existence. Yeah. And it's I, unfortunate. I love mm, it. Right. Super unfortunate. <laughs> but I just love, like, the samples that he has on and, like, being it was Game's last album. I'd probably put it six, like, right outside my top yeah. five. Yeah. But uh, I just got to give an honorable mention shout out. Mm-hmm. I have baby on there, too, as, like, Kirk? honorable mention. Yeah. yeah. Kirk. Yeah. Because I really like that one. Yeah, that was and, a fun uh, one for me, too. Two Chains, Rapper Go to the League. Mm. Oh, yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. That, that had, like, <laughs> yeah, see, one of my favorite happen. beats on there. Yeah. I mean, I kind of even remade it. But, um, and then. Uh, Rhapsody. Mm. Oh, dude. Oh, Eve. Yo, oh, man. That one's in my top five. Yeah. yeah I put that yeah. one. To, I slightly edged that over Born to Rap. Oh, but that okay. was like the yes. tough decision. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right outside my top five. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even I, shit. So just going back to the baby. <laughs> just going back to the baby's um, Kirk though. I mean, like the song he did, Bop, and like yeah. the whole music video. He put uh, the Jabberwockies yeah. in it. I just thought that was super hard for like the culture, like from a culture standpoint. Yeah. The baby's like winning like hip hop fans, like young and old, just yeah. like everything he's doing. You know, because yeah. if you were a, if you were a hip hop fan back in the late two thousands, you watched America's Best Dance Crew and you know who Jabberwockies are and like what they stand for so for him to put him in the video like that was super tight yeah, yeah. last one I'll add is Earl Sweatshirt cause he just released oh, that last yeah. album yeah and I pretty much like anything he does cause again <laughs> like he's just he's made, he's not trying to appeal to anyone mm-hmm. and he's really uh retrospective what's the word introspective introspective, introspective. Yeah, introspective. Yeah. you know <laughs> really deep subject matter yeah with kind of a cool style mm-hmm. so, I got in my list, <laughs> <Is it> shit. <laughs> I got plugs. I meant by Benny the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Dream Dreamers wasn't it in was my top. top it wasn't okay. in my top five. Okay. It was like you said. Like I feel like there was three albums that were just outside of it, mm-hmm. and it's just because of, for me it was replay value this year. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have a lot in my replays, so it was like anything that I did listen to multiple times, mm-hmm. whether it was only six or seven songs from an album, I had to like chalk it up to them and be like, okay, that's got to mm-hmm. be my top five just because like I listened to the songs like a thousand times like mm-hmm. right when it came out so plugs I met Revenge of the Dreamers Fly God is an Awesome God by West Side Gun mm-hmm. Crit is Here by Big Crit oh yeah yeah that I feel like nice I had one. to give that to him just because I love Big Crit it, to me it wasn't his best album and he's definitely had like really good like mixtapes or albums in the past but it was still it was still Crit's work so it's mm-hmm. like of course there's gonna be songs on there that you love but yeah. it just it just didn't make my top have five have you ever seen his Rhythm Roulette episode yeah <sighs> yeah, made a whole song. Nice, yeah. <laughs> this shit is hard uh, The Lost Tapes 2 by Nas oh yeah yeah that, that one, one was respectable yeah. I like that one it had probably the worst song I've heard in like a long time on there <laughs> which one I forget which was one was it Oh, let me see. let me look it up real quick. <laughs> While he looks that up, I didn't have Schoolboy Q crash talking in my yeah, top five. Wow, but really? Yeah, I I love the album a lot, but it, again, it just didn't crack that top five for me because I I had mm. some other albums on top of that. But mm. I really like Crash. I really like Tales. I think it was more of a personal album because I think a lot of times people associate Schoolboy Q with collard greens or like that kind of like that stuff yeah. that will get all those kids kind of wild up at festivals and everything. Yeah. Man of the Year is another one, right? Those like kind of club hoppy songs. But uh, it, it just, Crash Talk for me was like he was opening up more. I really like the song too he did with Kid Cudi, Dangerous. It yeah. was like a short song yeah, too. I wish that it was, one's sick. Yeah. A coworker of mine. In the was, video, did you see the video for it? Mm-hmm. He's a really big fan of Kid Cudi. He just like wishes that song was longer and I, I was in the same boat. Like it was a minute and a half or a minute 40 just run it back yeah <laughs> <Just> <laughs> exactly it, back. <laughs> <laughs> it was the juru of, or juru of rap the scat attack by Nas oh okay oh I could not get through like five seconds of that song I was like hell no I can't I even skipped towards like the end to see if hey maybe that was like the first like 30 seconds get better. but it was the whole damn song I was like nah no I can't I can't hear that from Nas yeah but he did have uh was it Queensbridge Politics mm-hmm. where he talks about like Prodigy's mural getting destroyed and stuff like that? Yeah. Which, if like you know the story behind that, it's a wild story. Like what Prodigy went through with like Queensbridge and some of his own people like trying to extort him towards the like I feel like the beginning of his career. So it's like for him to address that in the song and Nas having a beef with Prodigy, but but still like breaking that down for me that was like oh okay this kind of puts that album above that and, and it was just classic Nas mm-hmm. some good beats yeah. really good rapping but so it was just like did you like it more than his album last year with Kanye? Uh, 
it was hard. Yeah. Because like after we had that conversation, I know on the podcast last year, I said I didn't like the one mm-hmm. prior. And then I think as soon as I left, because I remember you guys looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I left, I was like, all right, I got to listen to it again. Because, yeah. I mean, I respect you guys' opinion and we all kind of are in the same boat. So I heard it and I was like, oh, I mess with it. But I feel like this last Lost Tapes 2 might have edged it out just a little bit mm-hmm. for me. Just because there was like three or four songs and probably because it was shorter. So it's really right. hard to compare the two mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, I may like the same amount of songs from each from each record but it just depends on this one obviously there's only seven yeah. so like that percentage is higher on that one exactly but yeah. this one might have more songs that i like more than that one mm-hmm. but so that was that was hard but the lost boy wasn't in my top five. Oh, okay cool. dang okay yeah <laughs> I, I think it was it was again like what we said like it was good it was amazing and obviously it might be a classic in his discography mm-hmm. five or six years from now when we talk about it but i feel like there's something that is going to be coming better from him mm-hmm. i feel like he'll I feel like he'll be the perfect person to to um, bridge the gap between like some of the pop songs in hip hop mm-hmm. and some of like deep cuts like shit that we like. I feel like he can get those features just because of his name and kind of like what he's established in the industry based off of this Dr. album. Dre, yeah, isn't he like exactly? Yeah, and I saw. Did Dr. Dre work on this last one? No. I think it was right after when yeah. I saw. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, whatever this song is going to be, is going to be great. Like, mm-hmm. Dre's yeah. co- co-sign and, like, the song with Anderson Pack. I feel like we're going to see more of that from yeah. him. And so there's going to be that, okay, this song might be played on the radio, mm-hmm. but on that same album, we're going to hear five or six songs that we really fuck with. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of waiting for that album for then. Yeah. Whatever year that is, when we come down and sit down and talk, that's going to be, I know he's going to be in my yeah, top five yeah. eventually. Do you guys like uh, Wale's album at all? I liked it. Yeah. I didn't listen to it. You didn't it. listen no. to it? <laughs> yeah. Because I remember his last project, he did something with like, in correlation with Seinfeld and I wasn't yeah. a big fan with it. Yeah. And but then he came this album with Wow That's Crazy and mm-hmm. I really liked that one. I thought the the song that he did with Ari Lennox and Boogie was really dope, cliche. And I thought like it was kind of uh even the first song is a Sumi and like the the hook uh-huh. goes Sumi if I'm supporting yeah, everybody that's yeah. black. So it was just like kind of like a very empowering album. I thought I it didn't make my top five. But it was just like, like you said, with those, it was right outside my top Wale's five in that me. space for, I feel like, us. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, me and your taste in music. It's like, we recognize the talent that he has. He may have a bad name in, like, mm-hmm. hip-hop just because of some of the, like, rants that he's gone on or some mm-hmm. wild shit that he said, like, comparing himself to, like, the coveted, like, hip-hop greats. <laughs> and it's hard. It's almost, like, it's almost like Joe Budden. Like, for us, we can recognize that he has lyrical skills. He may not have had a million hits, mm-hmm. but like when you listen to Joe Budden freestyles or like when he was on Slaughterhouse, you recognize that he's got amazing talent. But when he like will say something that's just wild into the masses of people who are only casual rap fans that listen to him, like, oh, Joe Budden's crazy or he's a hater. But it's like for us, it's like, nah, you really got to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Budden has really good skill. He might not be Jay-Z. He yeah. might not be in your in your top five, which is I think when those lists came out, he was the reason that the lists were so controversial. Yeah, because yeah. He was in somebody's top three. Yeah. And people were like, what? Joe Budd is in your top three? Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, yeah, that may sound wild at first, but then it's like, nah, I mean, it's it's like a, a could be like a, like, location-wise thing for somebody. Somebody who grew up in Jersey or New York and has really been on the scene when Joe Budden was making music and mm-hmm. putting out records would be like, no, Joe Budden's got, like, great music. He, I know he had, like, a lot of like dark like 
almost like depressing music when mm-hmm. he went through like mood music and all that but it's like when you look at the music that comes out now a lot of that is centered around being depressed yeah. or sad and yeah. so it's like he may have been ahead of his time and people <laughs> just not recognizing him yeah. but it's it's one of those things where I feel like Wale is that to our generation people right. who were around when he first came out to be like oh this dude's got talent right. and then now he's kind of, his career has kind of gone down a certain path mm-hmm. whether the labels may have not given him support but people just have like a bad taste of Wale right, and exactly. it's like so now they're mad at him but to us it's like no when that album comes out I'm gonna listen exactly. I'm gonna like look for that music and mm-hmm. when there's a few records on there that's like oh man he's putting out quality music mm-hmm. we're gonna support it mm-hmm. so I feel like it kind of gets lost in that regard but mm-hmm. He's still talented. Yeah, and I, I really <laughs> like this album that he dropped in 2019. Uh, last one I wanted to mention was Earth Gang. I think very similar to like yeah. Danny Brown, Earth Gang kind of has their own lane. Yeah. Their album Mirrorland, it, it's, it's like very, I don't say, there's like each song you listen to has like a different style. Like all the instrumentals are very different. And they're part of Dreamville too, so I feel like if they're, you know, get the right leadership and like have the good, right people in their circle, I think they could be like a pretty good group like Lute and Omen. I think they're very mm-hmm. similar to kind of like Absol too, where they talk about sometimes like they have the double entendres in their rap and like the play on words. But they open can, your third eye. Yeah, basically <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. But then they also like have a, a really nice flow to them too. So I really like their album. It wasn't uh, it wasn't even like consideration for top five, but I did like it enough to where I wanted to mention it. Yeah. Uh, I just, to, just to go through my list, I had "Made the Lord Watch" by Little Brother. Uh-huh. They came out oh, this year. Yeah, that, that was, was a good sick, album. Yeah. That was just dope to see them back, like together and stuff. I think who were they missing on that? Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder wasn't on it. Yeah, yeah, but it was still it was still really dope. Uh, Ghostface Killers by Ghostface Killer. That mm-hmm. was a good album. Just classic like Ghostface. So it's yeah. not like it's gonna blow up into the mainstream. Yeah. But it's like you listen to the album. It's just it's a really good album. Uh, I have. Kirk the Baby, you know what I'm saying, by Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hitler Wears Hermes 7 by West Side Gun. That was hard. Davies Survival. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that, that one. Was a nice one. Wasn't too. in my top five, but kind of up there towards like getting up there. Uh, Styles P came out with an album. That one was really good. Again, West Side Gun, Griselda. They had What Would Sheen Gun Do? That album was hard. And then uh, God Level by Fred the Godson. Mm-hmm. Fred the Godson, I don't know if you guys ever, ever heard yeah. of him. His album was hard, and I was like, damn, this shit is just, it's just dope. It falls in line with like what Griselda's doing and what like that New York scene is doing right now, which is, is bringing back kind of their old flow. I know like mm-hmm. when ASAP Rocky came out, people were debating like, is ASAP Mob a resurrection of old New York music, right. or is it this new style? And I feel like it was a blend of the two. But now you have certain artists who are just coming out and just being like, nah, this is New York. This is what we sound like. Mm-hmm. This is the music that we make. This falls in line with like mm. kissing styles, like some of those old, old New York stuff that may have not got the same shine as 50 Cent when he was out, mm-hmm. but was still really good music. And I feel like they're kind of bringing that feeling back. So definitely in my honorable mentions yeah another <laughs> one too like speaking of new york and like the styles from new york the beast coast album that was oh by yeah. Pro Era, escape yeah. from new york i really like that one too that i think they're very like like kind of you said like these other artists are coming away and are coming out of new york area but like very different from asap mob that's how i think like flatbush and pro era are they're very different styles kind of like that kind of like what you're on is like with the lo-fi beats and different stuff like that too uh, that was a good that was a good album for me yeah good honorable mention you guys want to get into our top fives? Let's do it. <laughs> so you want to start like going all all five at once, or you want to do everyone's fifth and then everyone's fourth or everyone's third? 
Mm. I like that. Yeah. Let's do everybody's fifth. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what what you got at number five? Number five, come back to me. <laughs> well, I, I got the Lost Boy. Okay, YBN Cordays. Yeah. Okay. Just I think uh, when I like rate the albums, I'm not really thinking of like how it affects hip hop as a whole. I'm thinking <laughs> of like how how much I liked it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. personally. So like for that one, I mentioned that I freaking replayed that shit like mm-hmm. a lot. And um, there's a bunch of songs on there that, I, that like, I was telling Vince earlier that, like, I'll randomly be like, oh, I want to hear that song so I can go and, and listen to the album again. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it had a lot of replay value for me. And it surprised me, too, because I never listened to YBN Cordae before. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. And I wasn't really even sure his style. Yeah. But I had heard one of the singles from it, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool song. So mm-hmm. then when it came out, I was kind of excited for it, and I listened to it, and I really liked it. Yeah, I think the single that you released was the one with Anderson Pop, no? Probably yeah. that yeah. one. And I think that's how, like, it's really important as far as, like, from a label standpoint, an artist, like, the song you release as a single. Yeah. Um, as for, like, to advertise an album is super important, because, yeah. like, I'll get into it later, but, like, Gangstar, them releasing their song Family and Loyalty yeah. with J. Cole, like, that was, like, the perfect song to release from that album mm-hmm. um, number five for me is Eve by Rhapsody that's the one mm-hmm. that just edged out uh, I didn't know if you knew this but like Ninth Wonder produced a lot of her music yeah, there on that he's, song he's um, what's the label Jamla or something I think mm. that's the label but not sure but yeah I think uh, he that's his label or he's really involved with it but mm-hmm. also on his Rhythm Roulette episode she's in it oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like about Rhapsody is like right now in hip hop there's a lot of like from Megan Thee Stallion mm-hmm. to you know Doja Cat and, and they're all like getting they're all getting like a lot of the eyes on them for like you know making their strides in hip hop and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj even for what she did early but I think a lot of eyes aren't on Rhapsody and I feel like she deserves there's to be there's not a lot it. of underground like women rappers exactly <laughs> but i think a lot of her like her content has a lot of like good substance i mean even mm-hmm. the name of each track on her it's album a, it's a, like famous yeah, yeah just famous yeah. she she said in an interview like they're all famous powerful black women that yeah. she looked at looked up to from Whoopi goldberg Aaliyah, oprah um Cleo. serena Cleo. williams yeah cleopatra sojourner truth um afenia shakur yeah. Oprah, so, like, right yeah she put oprah <laughs> so like there's and then you know even like the the song that she did with What's her? I'm drawing a blank on her name. Queen Latifah. Mm, the song that she did yeah. with Queen Latifah, she has that sample. We all came from a woman, got a yeah. name from yeah, a woman from yeah. Tupac. And so I just like what she did with that and everything. And so I think it was just like it's a, a really... concept. Yeah, really powerful mm-hmm. album, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I, I fuck with Rhapsody Heavy just because everything that happened with Jermaine Dupri earlier this year, mm-hmm. when he kind of said that women in hip-hop are just, you know, selling their bodies yeah. and records like that. For people who know and are familiar with Rhapsody, that's why that statement was so wild. And like, get the fuck out of here, Jermaine Dupri, because mm-hmm. Rhapsody is here. Like, yeah. you can't you can't listen to her album and not compare it to some of the greatest men in hip hop. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how could you not? How could you have that that sentiment about females in hip hop when Rhapsody is here? So that's why, like, that's why I think I fuck with her so much and fuck with that album because then when it came out, mm-hmm. it was like, damn, like, okay, this is like. To solidify her, like this is to give her her stamp, yeah, mm-hmm. in hip hop, basically. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gonna get, uh, I might get my backpacker points, backpacker rap points taken away from my top five, but for this year, it was about, for me at least, it was about seeing which artists can be able to have like a major label support because we see a lot of independent artists come out right now, and that's more so what we like and and the music that we mess with and stuff, but. 
as far as when it comes to the industry and how impactful like the actual quote unquote industry is, it's hard to see where an artist lands when they don't have the same marketing support as you know a major artist who has yeah. all that label backing and stuff. So for me, any artist who is able to make that album, whether it be and I have a few independent artists on here on my list, but an artist that's able to make an album that lands on the charts that has that label support and still is true to that artist's sound or just the sound in hip-hop that i love that's what puts them above some of like my honorable mentions so my five my my fifth album was port of miami 2 by rick ross Mm -hmm. just because he's a major artist he's a global superstar but is still able to make his style of music it hasn't changed He's definitely got his formula down. It's almost like mafia music or like you hear him spitting about wealth and stuff like that. So it's like he hasn't made this wild change. He hasn't done a Kanye transition where he's making one album and then completely flips it on its head. But he's still able to have that major label support, be able to sell out whether it be arenas or wherever he's at. Right, right. And still keep the same music. So it's like when I heard that album... I don't think it was better than Port of Miami 1, mm-hmm. but it was still like, okay, he's able to still make his strides in hip-hop despite global superstardom, whatever right. whatever he's dealing with at the time, having a heart attack or whatever he yeah. like, went through <laughs> this year. Like He's still able to stay on track, make a Rick Ross album, put it out, and it still do numbers and mm-hmm. still resonate with all kinds of people. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, all right, I got to edge him over, whether it be Everything's For Sale just because it was like Boogie comes out I knew it was going to be an amazing album yeah certain uh, like Rhapsody came out I knew it was going to be an amazing album I wanted something to come out and kind of Mm -hmm. like okay this is an amazing album and it's an industry album and it it crosses the the barriers between people like me who like you know really lyrical songs versus people who just like songs to sing to slash Rick Ross talking to women like he's got Jordan Woods in the music video he's got Swiss Beats yelling on his songs like (laughs) it was that it was like okay this is it it falls in line with that but I still mess with it heavy Mm -hmm. I didn't like how they rolled it out with some of the singles that they put out because it kind of made me not as excited Mm -hmm. like I heard certain songs like whether it be like when him and Drake did like a back and forth like he hopped on a Rick Ross song and then Rick Ross hopped on a Drake song and it wasn't their best because they put out classic records but it was still good I just didn't like how it rolled out and yeah. then it was like okay here comes album time let me throw it on but the fact that it still surprised me it still had really good songs on there and I feel like any song that had a Nipsey Hustle feature on it yeah it it it, it did something different for us right. even like Father of Assad I love that Nipsey Hustle song with yeah, yeah. DJ John Conrad, Legend yeah. mm-hmm. and, and that was a song I played I had my headphones on when I graduated college yeah. just because I wanted that song to play uh-huh. as I was walking up there and as they shot off the little yeah. things and people <laughs> threw their hats up That's that was tight. like an amazing song and I was like I definitely want that feeling so I like played it during graduation day and mm-hmm. it just it just made the moment that much more like I guess like powerful for me yeah. mm-hmm. and that's why I love that but I mean Father of Assad is still in my honorable mentions because it wasn't too much yeah yeah Khaled's put out that's, that's how DJ Khaled exactly yeah are, right? it's just a mix <laughs> of all over the place yeah but number five definitely Port of Miami too for mm-hmm. me want to go into number four you started yeah I can start it number four for me was Born to Rap mm-hmm. by the game oh, okay um, it had really that one had like five or six songs that I just went it went straight to with streaming it's different because we could always go find the songs when we're in our car just type it in and go to it yeah 
a lot of times when I know an album is amazing is when I put it straight to my library. Mm. I'll put everything on my computer, but when it's in my library on my phone, I know I'm listening to it in the gym. I know I'm listening to it at work. Mm. I'm listening to it all over the place. So there was like five or six songs from Born to Rap that I put straight into the library because I'm like, I know I'm going to listen to this. And it was like... It was like these loud hip hop beats. I even hit you up to make a beat that was like similar to that because it was like all the beats I felt like this year were like loud. They screamed their hip hop like right at your neck. This Mm -hmm. is a hip hop beat, but it was still modern. It didn't sound like something from the 90s. It was current enough. They mixed it well. And I like the beat he did with for Gold Daytona's. With yeah, uh-huh. with like the old Biggie beat. And I was like, that was nice. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's dope even too now is we're seeing hip-hop samples are being sampled from older hip-hop songs <laughs> yeah. that we grew up with. So it's like, damn, that's crazy to see that. And um, even that Sweetie song, My Type, like that's an old, yeah. like they're, oh, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're Oh, yeah, P.D. Pablo. Pablo. Yeah, yeah, dude. Every time I hear that they're song, sampling. I'm like, oh, they're playing P.D. Pablo. Yeah, exactly. Whenever that comes on, I'm like, yeah, I know what song it is, but I'm like, oh, P.D. Pablo. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> to other people, people, man. Like, do you recognize <laughs> of, We talked about it earlier, but speaking of songs that like, that kind of throw you back when you hear it at the club or somewhere. It's like frequently for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> so a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Born to Rap had those songs that like I knew was gonna have heavy replay, and I, I still play it right now. Yeah. Just because I might like like you said, it was a long album, so there is some that I'm just like, I'll oh, skip, get through, get yeah. through. So it's hard to say like, oh, this is an immaculate classic album, but it has the formula that could have been a classic album too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I want to play these songs over and over again. These mm-hmm. are some of my favorite records that have come out in 2019. So for me, it was like, how can I not throw it on my top five mm-hmm. if it's got five or six songs that have been the best songs this year to me, at least. Right. And I like what he did, too, as far as like the um, putting like Dom Kennedy, putting the Mozzies, putting like those type of artists. He had a few artists, too, that were, were part of Nipsey's uh, crew, the Slauson Yeah, Boys. yeah. And that one song, um, I think I wrote it down. No, I didn't. But... Or one li- for one life, right? That's yeah. The song? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I just really like what he did too, because he said in an interview with Big Boy uh, after the album release that like he has fans all over the world, and like his last album when he wanted to go out, what he wanted to do is get all those like artists that are pretty much West Coast, uh-huh. and they have that West Coast niche, but outside of the West Coast, people don't really know much about Mozzie, yeah. about Dom Kennedy, about these other artists. He really wanted to put them on his last album so that all his international fans can now know who they are. That's dope. Yeah. What was your favorite song from the album? Um, shit. <laughs> My bad. It's between the, the Nipsey one. Welcome home. Yeah, it's between Welcome Home. I, I I'm probably gonna give it to that one. Yeah, I gotta I, see the track list just to. I really know like for five, sure. I really like five hundred dollar candles with uh, oh, the. Oh yeah, like yeah. The third that track one's on good. The album. That one was nice. That one, I think, when it got to that song, I was like, okay, this album's really good. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like it was putting Dom Kennedy out of his like comfort yeah. zone mm-hmm. and still showing that has talent that he has because he was able to do that mm-hmm. and then the other one I think it was Hug the Block I really like that song too it's oh like yeah. The, yeah I think the chorus goes like can't hug my daddy so I hug the block and yeah. Like, yeah yeah. the song that he had about his brother too I like that song yeah I gotta give it to Welcome Home okay. Welcome Home yeah there was one ah, which one is it I don't want play it because I don't want you to get <laughs> the light the oh light. the light yeah that was the light is really too. good and yeah. it's, it was one of those songs where he was like been on the corner so long Virgil owes me a piece of that off white yeah he was selling I was like damn that's that's a hard bar yeah so but yeah between the light or welcome home mm-hmm. probably my favorite ones off of that album 
What was number four for you? Uh, the Gangstar album. Mm. Oh, number four? Oh, okay, the best yeah. Album, best yeah. one yet? Yeah, right. be- one of the best yet. One of the best one yet. Of the best yet. One of the best, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that one was really good to me because, um, like, how many times does, like, a rapper release, like, a, a album after they die? Yeah, yeah. so long, like, so late after he died. Yeah, and how many times is it actually good? You yeah, know? exactly. Usually it feels like it's just a bunch of, like, random songs that they have in their possession and mm-hmm. they like throw it together it doesn't seem like a concept no album. but this yeah. one was good and how many times does it like not carry over into like what current date because i think that song bad name yeah it's like guru talks about like all these phony rappers yeah. like yeah. you know ruining yeah. the yeah. like damn that still relates like <laughs> that's, that's why it's good too because yeah. it's like that's almost saying like they're ahead of their time uh-huh. or they're just aware of everything that still. blew me away because it's like during his time when he was alive like I want to know when he made that song, who was he yeah, talking about? Right. Yeah. Because to us, we can point to like <laughs> so many, yeah. 20, 15 people that we know he could be talking about. He, he never experienced their music. Right. So it's like, yeah. at what point in his career was he talking about certain mm-hmm. certain artists? But that's how I feel like to piggyback off of what you said, like when Sean Price comes out with albums. Yeah. It's good because it's Sean Price and he's an amazing rapper, but it seems like a collection of something that they just had sitting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas to me, I'll talk about it when I talk about it where uh one of the best yet falls on mine but like it was clear that dj Premier was holding on to yes, that and for... holding on to it like near and dear to his heart yeah, yeah. which of course makes sense because they were gang star together mm-hmm. so it's like for him to be holding on to guru's vocals and waiting for the right time when he knows that the album is ready to come out mm-hmm. that i think was the dopest yeah the dopest part of that album yeah and he DJ Premier did his thing, of course. Yeah, but it's yeah. still it's sounds, crashing and everything, and it man. still sounds it sounds kind of current, you know? Yeah, it's no, it doesn't. It, it's like a pol- it's like a well polished like gangstar sound, you know? Yeah, it's like, like a f- instead of being all raw and like you know when artists are younger, it's more of like they're not quite there mm-hmm. yet. I'm yeah. not saying they weren't, but it's like dude, he's like a 50 year old man, you know? Exactly. It's like grown man stuff. Like mm-hmm. he's perfected it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this was my number four as well in my top five too. So just like yeah. continue the conversation. Yeah. Like I really like too what he did. Like I said earlier, releasing faith and loyalty. I think that got everyone more excited for yeah. the album because that's why I think it's important. Like what single you release from the album to when you're advertising something like that, and just to have like J Cole, like one of the top players in the hip hop game yeah. right now, and like the the lyrics that he has to put it with Guru, and just like mm-hmm. I think that really got me excited from a personal standpoint. I was like, oh snap, like. You know, first of all, I didn't, you know, go, oops, accidentally yeah. play. <laughs> but, no, but like, it, that was just like the perfect song to release. And then they just have the other features with Neo, with uh, mm-hmm. Q-Tip and like, you know, and Group Home. So like, just have that the, MOP the, one. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's Fuck. right. Lights <laughs> Out. Dude, that, Lights that's the out second, blew me away. That's the man. second track. It's technically the first song because the, yeah. the Sure Shot is just like an intro. Mm-hmm. But like, you hear that song, you're like, oh, like, this yeah. is a beautiful blend of like that. Like late '90s, <laughs> early 2000s, like style of hip hop where yeah. it's like scratchy but like aggressive. So that yeah, this was just I wanted to put it higher, but I had to like put some respect on other three albums that I loved a little bit more. Yeah, but this was like this when I heard this album I was like, damn, this is this is it. You know, shout out to DJ Premier and you know for releasing it and like you said, just kind of sitting on it, but like putting a really good collection together. Yeah. yeah. I think I was when I saw that J Cole was on it. I I mean I respect J Cole and love him, but Guru's like top five. Mm-hmm. of all time to me like probably close to one as far as like rapping ability and the kind of music that i like and and j cole is in my top 20 or whatever but 
to me, it was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I, I really want J. Cole to, like, shine on this because, like, you're sitting next to, like, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So when that song came out and as amazing as it was, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Now I'm, I know, I see the, the I don't want to say this word, I see the vision that yeah, like, yeah. Premiere had with mm-hmm. this and putting J. Cole on it. And it just ushered it in perfectly and to, like, incorporate, like, his son, Guru's son, into yeah, the album. Yeah, yeah, the interlude, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw the music video that they did for... Uh, one of the songs um, is Guru's son. He's got like long like dreads yeah. and stuff and doesn't look anything like his dad. <laughs> but then as soon as they cut his hair and put him in like a 90s style snapback <laughs> and then the way they filmed the video was like some of the old videos that they filmed for Gangstar where it's like it's him standing like on a green screen and then the camera's like panning to stuff happening in the back. It was just like, oh, okay, this is, this is like you said, the perfect blend of mm-hmm. old and new and Premiere just like killed it in that respect mm-hmm. i like how i feel like i'm being taught when goo's rapping too yeah exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. Teaching you a lesson. exactly that's like that's why he's in like my top five of all time just because a moment of truth mm-hmm. like that song shocks so much knowledge and mm-hmm. any whack-ass instagram caption that any lame person has put out it takes whatever that concept is and puts it onto something so much better and like bigger as far as lyricists go and and Guru yeah. just is the king of that mm-hmm. as far as dropping knowledge on you. Mm-hmm. I would go out on a limb and say one of the best, yeah, is like a classic. And that's, you know, yeah. how many dead artists or mm-hmm. dead rappers, you know, can put out put a out classic. A classic. And what did he die in 2008, I think it was? Yeah. Late 2000. Yeah. So, you know, almost 10 years after his death. Like, that's that's pretty crazy, you know? Yeah. It's very not, not too often that you see that happen. Mm-hmm. Going on to number three. Yeah, number three. My number three is because I talked about it earlier, just because making a. a classic album to me at this point in his career wasn't really like I didn't see it coming and so it's Jim Jones' El Capo. Okay. That album was fucking amazing to me. That album was a no skip for me. I can go through the whole thing without skipping one song. It was it was released at a perfect time to me as far as like coming from like a marketing standpoint and they released it right before summer. It was able to transition to be a summer album and the first like five or six songs were exactly that. I could play it while it was hot outside with my windows rolled down and it just felt like that and it it made me want to play that album in like a new york summer and for being from the west coast and being a west coast biased 100 percent and yeah mm-hmm. for me I, anything that comes out west coast is always going to be the top for me mm-hmm. that's because i got mad bias but for him to put out an album that makes me want to dive more into New York music and I know I touched on it I, I kind of this year that's what I got into I like, yeah. dug deep into what was going on in the scene right now versus what was going on in the 90s and some of those like deep cuts that came out that album encouraged me to do all that mm-hmm. just to hear that New York formula in 2019 still be able to be as good as it is heavy samples heat makers beats Jim Jones rapping style he brought Cam on there Cam sounded yeah. like he's always sounded you know, he, he introduced, like, a lot of young cats. I think he had Fred the Godson and all of Griselda on there. So, again, that's my bias for this year. But the fact that it had it on there, and the thing with Griselda is a lot of their songs isn't so, like, mastered and crisp mm. when, the, when they mix it. So, to be on a Jim Jones album where it is that, it was mastered, it was very crisp album. The producers worked, like, a lot on it, you could tell. And for them to still shine like the way that they did, I was like, oh, this is an amazing album, like through and through for me. Mm-hmm. I would have, I think it was, when we had talked earlier in the year, it was my number one. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's my, I think when you said like, hey, let's do a podcast about the yeah. like, number ones. And 
off of not looking at what had come out that year and just being like just right off my brain that was number one to me mm-hmm. but when I like really broke it down and like looked at the albums that I really fucked with heavy this year I was like okay I'll put it at number three but had the other two not come out it would have been number one 100% mm-hmm. there you go yeah you're number three I got Crash Talk. Hey, okay. Crash Talk, Q. Yeah, not mad like, at that. Yeah, I, yeah, because I got so much love for Schoolboy Q. Yeah. yeah, and then again, he's he's like a grown ass man. It just mm-hmm. feels really polished, and like he's never released any mm-hmm. any trash, you know? No, no, never. Not at all. And I no. like shit that's that feels like it has a purpose and a and a I like a, it's like a well formed together idea for the finished product, and I feel yeah. like everything is so cohesive. The mm-hmm. theme. You know, he's kind of, like, created a character. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like it's different than who he actually is. Yeah. But it's, like, influenced from, you know, his own experiences and stuff. Yeah. I feel but, like he creates a character with every album. Yeah. Which is, again, like, that's why I know me and you have had a conversation with Schoolboy Q. It's like, when people talk about him, it's always, oh, the last album was better. The mm-hmm. one before was better. The first mixtape was better. And it's like, no, you got to watch the artist grow yeah. and really recognize mm-hmm. what they're mm-hmm. doing. He's put together a project based on a character like Groovy Tony yeah. or whatever. Like every album has that character in it. So it's like, how can you not see that as amazing work? Yeah. But despite you may have liked the sound because you were in high school when Habits and Contradiction yeah. came out mm-hmm. and you were in the car smoking with all your friends. Mm-hmm. But it's like, recognize the fact that he's been able to grow. He's been able to do all these things and still put together an amazing album like I know for me my favorite one is probably Blank Face because I feel like I'm watching a horror movie mm, yeah, and yeah. it's just like he paints that picture and then Crash Talk came out that album to me was amazing I didn't put it in my top five just because I feel like Schoolboy Q again he's either gonna have better or he's already had like a super classic like to me Blank Face but the whole visual the song with Kid Cudi the music yeah. video that he did where he gets out of the car it's just yeah. like this is Q like through and through who he is as an artist right and to be able to put that same amount of effort into every album and for each of those albums to sound as amazing as they are it's like damn it's he's just bigger than just being a rapper exactly course, yeah. so it's so much bigger than that, that. Mm-hmm. so that yeah and, and when you do that, when you put so much effort into everything outside of the rap, whether it could be his team too, who has yeah. the idea for the music video, but the whole like, again, with Blank Face, when they had that whole like three-part series that came out mm-hmm. with the album, it was like, this is this is so much, like you said, bigger than rap. And of course, when, when things are across the board amazing, it makes one of the others not as, as I guess... Yeah. Yeah, you can't say that, oh, the rapping stands out as number one because everything across the board is great. It's mm-hmm. more like they executed this this vision better. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I'm not saying this one sucks. It's just like, I feel like this one's more... Exactly, complete. and for a lot of people who aren't like us, who don't invest in those things outside of just an album comes out and they play it in their headphones but not yeah. pay attention to them. Because I know we watch... I know you guys watch as much interviews oh, as I yeah, do. Yeah, I try to. So yeah. it's like when we watch those interviews, when we hear what they're talking about as far as the concept goes, when we see the video come together, when we're following him on Instagram and he takes a picture in a trench coat with a shotgun, it's like, okay, where is this going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you see it all kind of play out. That's what adds value to the album for us. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who just listens to something and hears habits and contradictions and is like, oh man, that takes me back to this moment and I have this nostalgia mm-hmm. attached to it. Then, of course, they come to the conclusion that Habits and Contradictions was better. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it's like, nah, look at how they've grown. Look yeah. at the concepts they've been able to bring into to fruition with their music. So it's like, 
how could you not say that this album was yeah. better than the one before? Yeah, especially with like TD, TDE and like Schoolboy Q is one of those artists. It seems like every two years he's going to drop an album. And I think a lot of people sometimes you hear them like, oh, why is he taking so long? Because especially when he was first coming up after Habits and Contradictions and before Oxymoron, he was doing features, he was doing some mixtapes, he was like everywhere it seems like. But then you see like, you see the, the time that it takes and like, you could just see, because there will be times too where he's off social media, he's not posting yeah. on Instagram or Snapchat. Yeah. So you can see, okay, when he's off like social media and stuff, you know he's working and yeah. he's like putting all his effort and his, basically all his time and all his focus and concentration into making this album and making it what it is. And I said this earlier, but I just think Crash Talk's a little bit more personal. I still like that he has like the, the bangers in there for like all those festival kids that yeah. like really like Schoolboy too. But I just like the songs like Tail, like the songs like Crash. Mm -hmm. That were a little bit slower down, slowed down a little bit more, and he opens up a little bit more too. That song he did with Kid Cudi was really nice too. Yeah. So it just it was just like a really well executed album for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't put it in my top five, but yeah, what honorable mention for sure. Yeah, number three for me, and you guys know from like day one, I put Casey Veggie's Organic. Oh album. yeah, yeah. That one was just <laughs> super hard for me because in 2015 he dropped Live and Grow, and like that was his first debut album. Uh, a couple years, I think the following year he dropped Customized Greatly 4, but since then he hadn't dropped anything. And Customized Greatly 4 too, he was like really, he used auto-tune and he had never used auto-tune before. He was like really, just like trying to develop into a new style he wasn't. So for me, I was like, ah, oh, like I that that left a bad taste in my mouth. And especially for like that long, that was like three years, mm -hmm. three and a half years. I was like, man, Casey Veggies hasn't done anything. Like I kind of had forgotten about him. I was like, okay. You know, like maybe it's just he's gonna like get washed and nothing's gonna come out any from anything from him that's gonna be good. But then he he came out with organic and I saw him advertising for it and I was like, oh, I don't know how to feel about it. Is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be bad? Is it gonna be kind of in between? And just listening it to like one time through, I was like, wow, this is this is like a classic because in songs like Dreams and the Ceiling, it kind of opens up about how like the label kind of messed up um, what his vision was and told him to do things that he didn't want to do, but he was kind of forced to. He also talked about the breakup of Peas and Carrots International, which was like mm -hmm. a, you know a dope brand that I really liked, and they had they had done really cool stuff with Diamond Supply and Crooks and Castles, but Anwar Carrots did his own thing as far as like you know from a clothing line standpoint, how he lost the store, and like he, you know he really went through like kind of a rock bottom, and I didn't really even realize it. I was just mm -hmm. like, man, screw Casey Veggies, he hasn't <laughs> put out good music in a long time. But then he tells you all like what happened in that time that his last project came out. So for me, you know, just being like a super big fan of him from like the first Sleeping in Class album and first Customized Greatly's, it was really nice to see his growth and just him tell his story and, and still have like the, the features like the game on it, like mm -hmm. BJ the Chicago Kid and you know Casey Veggies, he has his own style, it's like very jazzy heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he still used auto-tune, but like I liked how he used the auto-tune more effectively and stayed in his lane instead of trying to like dive out into something he's not. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's why I had it in my top three for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna check that one out. Yeah, it's super good, and he has like a really good music video for the ceiling. I thought it was cool because like the the hook is like basically. I'm sure like you guys feel that sometimes you just like lay in your bed and like you have all these dreams because that's what he talks about. But he's just like feeling lazy that day, mm -hmm. and so he's like trying to talk like that song, the chorus. He's just trying to talk himself to getting out of bed yeah. and like executing his dreams because he's just dreaming it. But how do you like put yeah. it into words? So I, yeah. I, you know, I really like Casey Veggies, and it was super cool to like see him drop that album this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number two for you? Number two for me, I feel like it, I'm sure it would be at least on JJ's top. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Gibbs and Mad Libs. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. number two for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, that was just, that was classic Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib pretty much. Mm -hmm. It was like what you expected to hear, but still kind of new. Again, like 
same thing with Schoolboy Q. I feel like Freddie and Mad Lib kind of put it into like more of a concept outside of hip hop. They had yeah. like the the visuals for it, just like the pictures and graphics that they did that kind of brought the album and like kind of got you excited for it because yeah. you just saw those pictures and seeing the what's it called Quasimodo or whatever Quasimodo Quasimodo and some of the pictures <laughs> like seeing that it got me more excited for the album mm-hmm. and I, I knew what was coming from those two so when it came it was like yes this is exactly what I wanted <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah it was like nothing outside of, of right? no like even crazy though there's like a trap like, beat on it you're still yeah like, it's okay, still yeah. it's still Mad Lib and it's still Freddie Gibbs it's yeah Freddie Gibbs content Mad Lib style it's they're a perfect they're a perfect blend mm-hmm. and with I thought the dopest thing was the uh, music videos that they put out on some of the songs and it tying back to some of Freddie Gibbs is older stuff that he did so like an older music video that he had I can't think of it off the top of my head but they incorporated that into the new music videos and let that play out as a Mm storyline and the music video that they used for it I forget the one it was the one where he's wearing like a Scarface jacket and he's walking up the stairs and he robs some dude oh yeah that's um I think that's the song uh Thugging, right? Yeah, thugging. Yeah. That's what it is. So that that music video came out probably like four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and they incorporated that with some of the music videos from this song, the um, Crime Case. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh. It all kind of flowed into it and made for a story. So I thought that was so like super dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like I said, it was Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. So I was like, yeah, yeah it was. It was cool because the whole time they're both like it's just a continuation it's like yeah. it's not like uh-huh. oh look out for what we're doing no it's just a continuation it's yeah. just and a it series was, at this point right? yeah. yeah it was you're like exactly mm-hmm. like when it when I put that first song in I was just like fucking mm-hmm. so hyped it. for yeah. it mm-hmm. perfect it was perfect and the Anderson <laughs> Pack. he had Anderson Pack on yeah. there which I feel like Anderson Pack now is becoming the cheat code for rappers especially <laughs> in that genre right. like if you can spit lyrics and you can make a hard verse Run to Anderson Pack for the chorus, mm-hmm. and he's gonna bring the song completely together. To. Mm-hmm. Madlib and Anderson Pack both from Oxnard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dang. So that's why when the, I think Anderson Pack tweeted about it when his Oxnard album came out. He's like, we couldn't make the Madlib song happen because of like sample clearance or something. Mm-hmm. But I was like waiting for something like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's tight. Yeah, like they they just have like that chemistry together. You can see yeah. it in the album. For and sure. it was cool to see something. Cause I like Madlib's like my personal fucking like hero musically, <laughs> and it was cool to see him doing more interviews and like oh, yeah. not like he's an actual person, you know, <laughs> not just some dude cranking out beats. <laughs> yeah. And then they had more of a rollout, you know, and I thought that was cool because for a while it was, it was like Madlib is pretty much like non-existent, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're a good match. Mm-hmm. For number two for me. I'm gonna put Lost Boy by YBN Corday. That was my number two, just because I think now, like, you get caught up with all the littles, you get caught up with all the YNWs and mm-hmm. you know yeah. YBNs, and so I was just like, okay, who is this it's kid? Another one. Yeah. yeah, it's just another one. Like, That's I'm probably what I too. yeah, I'm probably yeah. just gonna ignore him, and you know, I'll try and I try and be as open minded, especially with working with kids. They have a way different music taste than <laughs> yeah. I do, so I try and at least listen to some of the newer stuff that they you know talk about, and just to kind of get like still have an ear out for like what's new and up and coming for them. And um, yeah, just listening to YBN Cordae's, I think it was a single with Anderson Pac that came out first. And then you hear the whole album and just everything from, like you said, Family Matters, Thanksgiving. It's very personal, very deep. And I really even like 
the song broke as fuck because he kind of opens up like trappy right he's mm-hmm. like yeah i was broke as fuck blah 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 and it's like that whole first minute and a half is like him kind of like trap beat or trap rapping and then the last minute and a half or the last two minutes of the song it breaks down to like a piano and it's like very melodic and yeah. then he has a really nice flow and he's talking about like you know can't afford aau because you know his mom doesn't have enough so he can't you know hoop or whatever and that was his dream but it just mm-hmm. he like i think that whole album was super personal uh super inspirational too for me at least and so that's why i had to put i almost put it at number one but yeah. you know just got edged out by another album so it's at number two for me for sure cool and you're number one number one <laughs> drum roll <laughs> number one for me was one of the best yet okay and yeah. i know we talked about it. we talked about it a lot so i don't need to go super into details but Again, for me, it was Gangstar. It was Guru. Mm-hmm. So I was, it was, I was anticipating it. I, there was still that kind of fear that we talked about when an artist who's no longer here comes out with an album. You don't know what it's going to sound like. That's why it made it number one for me mm-hmm. because it came out and to me it was like, okay, this is a Gangstar classic, and he's not even here for yeah. it. That that in itself is just wild. And when Lights Out came on, it was over. Oh, yeah. When Lights Out came on with MOP, I fucking love MOP. We all played football together. MOP was my music. That was my pump-up music. Mm. It was was Robin Hood's and all that, all those songs. So, for for them to come up with an anti-up, all of that. Yeah. So, for them to come together and it sound as current as it sounded, but still hearing Gangstar, because he always kind of had like a more relaxed flow mm-hmm. and like just kicking you knowledge. But to hear like Guru like almost screaming at you mm-hmm. on a record, it was to me that was just like, all right, like, that was when, when <laughs> that, that song it. came on. I like stood up, <laughs> got out of my seat, and was like, yeah, this is the, this is the number one for me. I already knew yeah. right off of that. And then the album, the rest of it was just amazing. It was just an amazing Gangstar album. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, nah, this is, and, and you could tell that it was like, near and dear to uh premiere mm-hmm. to yeah. dj premiere so like you could tell like he was holding on to that for a reason he, all of it and you don't, i didn't even need to see the the interviews with him afterwards to to understand like how much this album meant to him yeah. and for him for it to be as amazing as it was it was like all right it was like a salute to dj premiere and himself because right. it's like yo there's there's a million producers and a million guys out in the game right now who have like they're like number one or they they've broken records on charts and stuff like that so it's like there's a lot of talented producers but for premiere to still be the number one producer to ever live mm-hmm. it's it, it it shows his talent mm-hmm. and so it's like you know you got to give it up for premiere and so that's for me it was like when i yeah. heard it like i said it was like number one <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah, right when i heard it it could yeah. either be like like when if it's like if it's like an older hip hop artist coming out with something, especially like a producer, it could be uh-huh. kind of like stale, you know? Like yeah, oh, it's just they're stuck in the past. Exactly. But even though it was still his style, it, it was it was still current. And yeah, it still was good. Yeah, it, was like, it didn't get that feeling at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Your number one. I feel kind of weird now. Saying, <laughs> nah, but I, I feel put weird. Igor. Okay, there <laughs> you go. Number one. I, I guess for like the one. sake of putting things in a box, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll we'll put it under hip hop. But yeah, and it goes with kind of the theme we've created here with like uh-huh. watching artists evolve. Yeah, that's true. I really sure, felt man. like it was a collection of songs that were like polished versions of what we listened to in high school. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I thought that was really cool, and especially to to kind of like have a collective agreement that it was a good album especially yeah. like listening to Tyler the Creator's 
first albums, like in high school, yeah. you know, a lot of people did not like it. Yeah. They didn't want to give it a chance. Not but even, now, yeah. now it's almost mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's mainstream for sure. I yeah. mean, he has his own festival and yeah. he can headline yeah, a festival. Crazy. It's crazy <laughs> to think, crazy. you know, like just listening to like Radical or some of his old songs, yeah. old, old songs. Like yeah. I would never play that in the car with my mom or something. Yeah, Radical, you couldn't. But, but you it's, know, like it's like now, like yeah, now I can yeah. play some songs from here yeah and my mom would probably like them yeah <laughs> dude got us to wear tube socks but it's crazy because like at that time we thought like it, it really related to us you know what i mean like yeah it, like we said it last year and we said it this year a few times like it's cool to see artists grow as you grow as well uh-huh. so to see like the evolution of tyler creator over these albums in these yeah. years is pretty incredible yeah yeah and yeah. to have uh playboy cardi yeah yeah at yeah. the end of us <laughs> randomly at the end of the song <laughs> that was really cool yeah playboy cardi and charlie wilson on the same song yeah that's dope yeah and also i really i put out my number one because like how everything he does he he likes to like almost boast like oh this is all produced by me mm-hmm. all written by me and i think that's cool too not i mean even though people are kind of featured it's like he wrote their parts yeah and you're not really relying on someone else to carry a song it's just like oh you want them to be a piece of it mm-hmm. and i think he has like the bigger vision of like a dr dre or kanye where yeah um even i guess what dj Khaled does you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. having a big picture but still doing everything yourself but like oh this person would sound good on here you know mm-hmm. and just being and also like it's cool that now he's able to have all that control and like have access to almost any artist yeah exactly it's mm-hmm. like it's cool to see where, where it goes what he can do with it yeah. Yeah. yeah because for a long time it was just like him and Odd Future yeah. and ASAP Rocky kind of got involved and like maybe a few other artists here and there and now it's like yeah the library's kind of opened up yeah yeah is this your favorite like Tyler the Creator album um I think well I guess like technically yeah it is but uh like personally I'd probably pick a different one but that's just because of like time and place Mm -hmm. but this yeah this one kind of I think puts them up there with great artists mm-hmm. and you can't really it's like kind of you can't deny that he's a good artist at this point yeah know? yeah classic for sure even for if him. it's not exactly hip-hop but yeah no know. i think it <laughs> for the especially because like yeah especially because tyler the creator is like he started out yeah he, artist, he is, rapper, he's from know? that element. i'd love to hear an album with him just rapping though mm-hmm. like not mm-hmm. even maybe his his beats but just you know yeah a straight rap album mm-hmm. i think it i think it would still <laughs> I want to hear an album from him where he goes into, you know, when he was on Sway and he does like that yeah. fake like, new yeah. like big guns yeah. the size of a minivan. I want, I so badly want to hear an album from because I know it'll be good. That's what, it'll yeah. be like a parody, yeah. but it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. It'd be like that Ludacris. Uh, oh or yeah, yeah. Red Man, yeah, you know? uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And that's what I like. Funny, it. but it'd be like, nah, I could really play this yeah. in the car. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I like about Tyler. He's like so diverse and like just the different. Not even just like staying in hip hop, but like he can stick his feet in other like genres of music and it still be really good. Yeah, I think he was yeah. on uh, the ASAP tape, the cozy tape or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, telephone yeah. calls. Yeah, and uh, I want to say what like one of the <laughs> first Playboy Cardi albums, not mm. Dial It, but the one before. Oh yeah, where it's like a 
bunch of the same picture of him yeah. on there. I think he was on that one too. Yeah, but even yeah. I remember even like that beat he produced for the schoolboy out uh schoolboy song. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the purge. Yeah. And oh Oxymoron. yeah, he's, like he's that's when you knew I was like, oh yeah. shit, this goes hard. You know, like yeah. Tyler Creator has Tyler, mad talent. Like again, like when you he, like he puts things together that you don't would never think of, but it works. Like mm-hmm. Tyler the Creator and corrupt. Like, yeah. yeah, where would that come yeah. from? But yeah. it worked, and despite who A and R that record, like. Still, them sounding next to each other is still amazing. Mm-hmm. It's dope. And then he can still, and then he can like hop in, uh, do a song with Caliucci's, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> to have that kind of diversity and versatility yeah. is like, sheesh, he's in a yeah. league of his own for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, number one for me, I had to put Revenge of the Dreamers 3 for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just hearing, I think like the in the past two years, uh, Dreamville has like really come on, uh, been on the up and up. Last year, I really liked Boz's album, I really liked Cause's album. This year, Ari Lennox had an album that I liked. <laughs> And, that album was amazing. Right? So it seems like they're kind of on the up and up. I think Top Dog still, like, you know, overtakes them. Uh, J.I.D., Jid is, like, mm-hmm. on the up and up, too. I think they have a lot of good upcoming artists. And to have not all them, not just all them in the same room, but artists like Buddy, artists uh-huh. like Reason, artists like other up-and-coming artists, artists that we hadn't even heard that about. Reason and Cause something was crazy. That's probably my favorite feature, like, in this entire decade. Yeah. Just I remember when hearing, like, Reason and Cause come together, because both of them... You could say are really talented, but both aren't really as well known as the other artists mm-hmm. in their label, right? It's J. Cole and Kendrick, uh-huh. and then you can you can go down the list, and they're at the bottom, so they talk about that, like yeah, you know it's, what I mean? that's what it's about, yeah. the, like frustration with that. yeah, exactly. That's why it's dope. Let's just rob the heads of our label. Exactly. So it was, <laughs> so it was super pop. funny because like yeah, I remember I saw Reason uh, at concert at the Real Street Festival, oh, okay. and he brought out Cause for that song, dude. And, <laughs> I was so high. Like, no one else knew who Cause was in that <laughs> festival. You could tell. It was just a bunch of, like, white kids, like, <laughs> there for the, the headliners. But I was, like, super stoked that they came out to do that song because I knew a song was coming up. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to rap it with, like, the entire song with them. But that was a super that was a super fun song, super fun album. The songs that Buddy is on in 1993. Like, that doesn't even fun. sound like a song. That just sounds like they were just having fun in the in the studio the and, Wells like, Fargo talking about one? Smoking Street. Yeah, yeah, Wells Fargo, you know. It was really cool, and just to see the the documentary too before they released the album. Yeah, that was that was dope. Basically, how they rented out that house, and they basically invited a bunch of artists and say, "Hey, it's a competition. You make your best. You know, if you're a producer, make your best beats. If you're an artist, come up with your best lyrics. Mm-hmm. And if we think you're good, you're gonna make the you're gonna make the you're gonna make the cut. You're gonna make the yeah. album." Because there's a few artists on there. I know Guapdad 400 was one yeah. of them. Like he wasn't even a verified artist on Twitter, but he got his out. He got his a lyric, not a lyric. A verse yeah. on the album, and so it's like shit. Like he, I like seeing that kind of stuff. You know, it's just an open competition. Yeah, I thought it was a cool concept. Yeah, the did. song <laughs> "Ladies, Ladies." Russ beat him up. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is hilarious. What would you guys have done? I fucking hate Russ, Russ but in my top five. A little uh. bit. <laughs> 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 just, no, I mean it's hard. That's like, the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so weird. To, he's such in a weird space. Like, yeah, because he makes good music, and I understand why people like him. But I can't just, stand a corn. I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's a corn corny. for sure. Super corny. It's just funny when he beats up rappers, <laughs> or has it? I should say has his people beat up. Yeah, yeah, still hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even that song too, just like just to cap, to cap it off, the Revenge of the Dreamers three, ladies, oh, yeah. ladies, ladies with Ti. Oh I, yeah, I haven't heard Ti in like a good while, and <laughs> for him to do that song, and he's like, even he says like, oh, you, you know, you young head don't know nothing about love. And uh-huh. like, so as you sit back and reminisce, you know, <laughs> and it was it was super cool, like just the whole entire album, the concept of it, 
making an open competition like that's that's why it's my number one and, it's, okay. and I was thinking too I was like it was either that or Lost Boy by YBN Cordae okay. I was like am I gonna just put because obviously Lost Boy there's like a message behind it Revenge of the Dreamers 3 is just like a you know collection a collection of songs yeah. that are put together there's no like real meaning or connection between all of them together and I was like oh, I don't know if I want to put that as my number one but just I, I love Lambo Truck so much I love Lady yeah. so much 1993 so fun to listen to in the gym so it's just like you know there's there's like classic after classic on yeah. that song yeah for sure it's probably a good year if we all had different top songs. Yeah, that's yeah, like, top yeah, album. yeah. My only reason, and, and kind of to go back to what we were talking about, the only reason that it wasn't, and this might be a good segue into the next topic, is because in 2018 I didn't find too many albums that I really did not like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in 2019 there was a couple that I was like, this is straight trash to me. Yeah. And, and so that's why that's the only reason I give 2018. But I see what you're saying. Like, which ones are straight trash? Uh. A chances album. Oh, you didn't like it? I did not like that mm. shit at all. I didn't right. listen to it. But, no, after, see? but, <laughs> but after after hearing like how much people didn't like it, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It. Yeah, it was hard, like it was just to come off a coloring book and as dope as that song was, to incorporate like his Christian views, which mm -hmm. is kind of a hard thing to do in hip hop, mm -hmm. especially with what some of the topics in hip hop are. Of yeah, course, that's hard to do. Yeah. yeah, so it's like to incorporate that into Coloring Book and still make a good album and still make a song that gets crazy play on the radio and also have like a song like How Great Is Our God on there mm -hmm. and, and to blend that like gospel into him like coming in at like I think the song was like six minutes and the first like three minutes was just gospel how great mm -hmm. and then to him coming him rapping on Coloring Book was like okay this is his lane like this is like him inserting himself into the culture as like this is what I'm bringing so to hear that album was dope, and then for this album to come out, and me kind of expect that, and anticipate him building off of that, mm -hmm. and make it even better, and then it to just be completely left field, and like weird poppy songs, mm -hmm. hot shower, like, I see what you're doing, but to me it's just not good. Yeah. Because now you're trying to fit into the same cloth as some of what you hear on the radio that might be talking about bitches and cars and everything like that and twerking you're trying to fit in that but also bringing christian values into it which is where you're gonna get made fun of and yeah. it, to me that's why it was so yeah yeah i love my wife <laughs> i love my wife ah! like, you, ever, you ever watch those interviews uh, i think it's the youtube channel called much much take yeah. i love those <laughs> you see the one with him he's like my wife my wife hi my wife like yeah and so it's like you tried to i feel like chance could have made a good album with those concepts mm -hmm. talking about loving his wife talking about loving jesus like him of all people would have been the person to be able to make that album mm -hmm. and it's like so for you to not for you to completely just miss that mm -hmm. and just strike out with this album it's like damn like you really you really like let i feel like your fan base down because yeah. your fan base loves you and was anticipating that yeah. and i feel like when when an artist makes a bad album you still have their crazy like stands still coming in and defending yeah. it yeah. and you didn't even see that no, with that that's what I was gonna say <laughs> like, too, yeah. when people were making fun of it nobody was coming out and saying yo you don't understand what he was doing he mm -hmm. was doing X, Y, and Z you didn't even see that so yeah. for me to not even to pick the, that up was like damn this album really didn't resonate with anybody right? which is unfortunate and then now he's like 
canceling his tour dates. At first, I think he canceled his tour dates because he wanted to be with his family, mm-hmm. but then said, we'll pick it back up in January. It's like, you only want to be with your family for two months? <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> like, there's something else going on here, and yeah. now I think he completely canceled it, like, all together. Dang. And I, I, from what I heard and people talking in different podcasts I was listening to, it's like, he was expecting to sell out arenas where he can put together his production, mm. and with this album, he can't fill up those arenas. Mm. And so, are, are you going to go back to smaller venues, like, hockey stadiums or like the observatory yeah and are you going to be able to do your production in there and he didn't want to make that transition back so it's like all right let's just not tour this album which is unfortunate but it's it's, (laughs) for me it's like that's what puts it as like a really bad album yeah yeah (laughs) i haven't seen especially like on twitter because that's where you go for like a lot of like album reviews and just people Uh, talking about and hearing the traffic but i hadn't seen an album get ridiculed that much yeah so like going i saw that before i listened to it so i had that like bias already towards it and the first time i listened to it i hated it a (laughs) a couple more times i listened to it and i just like thought it was okay like i i don't hate as much as i thought when i first listened to it and when i hear songs like hot shower even like handsome i just think like Chance the Rapper, he's like a very like playful dude. He like he's like uh, one of those rappers who likes to dance and shit. Like yeah, during his you know even like when he's doing interviews, like there's that gif where he's like dancing and yeah, like, yeah. the whip and everything. So yeah. like I think when I hear that album now, I just think okay, he made an album to dance to. Like that's mm-hmm. I think that's what you know like, he does try and mix the pop sound with the like the spiritual verses and you mm-hmm. know that didn't like work for me either. And I thought it was funny, too, because I, I saw, I got a chance to see him at Rolling Loud, and, like, his entire set, he headlined day one, uh, and his entire set, he did only out songs from Coloring Book or older. He didn't do anything. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think that seeks a lot of what he thinks of the album, too, or maybe, I don't know. I just think that was kind of weird, you know, and like, again, that album like, dropped this year. And he I saw him it. at, uh, I saw him at Day and Night mm-hmm. uh, when they did it at Angel Stadium, and he performed, I mean, this was when Coloring Book was out, mm-hmm. so he performed those songs, but it was just crazy to see him doing like spiritual Christian songs and rapping over it and still having an amazing production, it being in a good song. And so it's like, wow, like I never thought I'd be sitting in a crowd after coming off of listening to like Dave East rapping about (laughs) like shooting someone to then listening to the chants up there on stage, like preaching Mm. and it still be good. So that's what made coloring book like, wow, this is a really good album. If he's able to kind of meld those two together and so expecting that with this album and getting something completely different, yeah, it, was, it just was weird. wasn't for me. Yeah. That's going to be a no That's why my, <laughs> my other disappointment was Jesus is King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. same here, bro. Yeah. Because it was like, again, if there was going to be anybody who can mix those two styles together and make a good song, like Ultralight Beam was, was proof of that. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus Walks. Walks. Like, oh. expecting, okay, like... People were like, nah, this shit's gonna be whack. He's just exploiting Christianity and stuff. Like, okay, I can see why people would say that, but I still gave him that respect of, nah, this is Kanye. Like, he might really come out with something that's gonna blow our minds away. So it's like, I wasn't gonna have those sentiments about the album before listening to it. So I waited for it, expecting to hear, you know, Jesus Walks and Ultralight Beam and a mix of those in an even more elevated style from Kanye, because that's what he does every time he comes out with an mm-hmm. album. I feel like he builds. So expecting that and it just to be completely different and him to be rapping about Chick-fil-A, I was like, nah, I'm off of this. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. say that one was a disappointment for me because I feel like he set out to make a gospel album and he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, 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 I get it yeah. in that. I don't think his, uh, his, I don't think he was trying to make like a Jesus Walks or something. Yeah, no, I feel you. So, but I mean, you could still be disappointed that yeah. it's not that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Even, even I was kind of, because I don't ever want to say disappointed because I know 
how much work goes into this shit. Uh-huh. Right, right. But I was more like, you know, obviously I wish there was more songs that I want to listen to again, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't listen to gospel music. So yeah, exactly. I'm That's not true. Gonna, I, I respect what he did, but mm-hmm. yeah. I was just anticipating when he did that. Remember when that beat went viral? That yeah. Like, I was expecting that and being like, okay, if he's going to do this, which is his style of music and Kanye just being the amazing producer that he is or beat maker that he is, and then he's going to meld it with that that gospel and create this new gospel sound. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was expecting. He said, like, oh, I'm going to create a gospel album. And in my head, I was like, nah, Kanye's not just going to create a gospel album. Yeah. He's going to create Kanye West's gospel album, right. yeah. which is going to be this whole new sound. Mm-hmm. And it was just a gospel album. That's yeah. why I was like, oh, come on, man. I was, yeah. I was expecting <laughs> so much more from Kanye West. It's yeah. crazy, though. How many artists make a Yeezus and then make Jesus A gospel, King? yeah. No, uh-huh. exactly. In the same catalog. You and know? work yeah. with so many different artists. I, I think that's what, like... I don't want to say I hated it either because, like you said, yeah. I just it wasn't for me yeah. because you know Kanye's uh, you know his ability to work with so many different artists, everything from Twista way back in the day yeah. to the game and to like now with Nasir and or Nas, yeah. and just like all the current artists and everything too and Kid Cudi and everything and so I, I got through four tracks honestly and like on the fourth track I was like all right I can't listen to this yeah. this isn't for me uh-huh. uh, and, and just he's been in the news so much too like I had a lot more expectations from it you know from him doing the Easter. Sunday yeah. service at Coachella yeah. from him do, you know I don't try not to li- like I try not to let what he does in like political news or anything try, yeah trying to separate it from his music artists. because you know you just look at his discography and everything he's worked on whether it's rapping producing it's amazing it usually turns out amazing but I just like I had all that looking forward to because he was doing the Sunday services yeah. on a regular basis then and I was just like, okay, like I want to give this a listen to. But by the fourth track, I was like, I, I, I can't. This is not mm-hmm. for me, you know. So and there I, was good songs on there. Like mm-hmm. "Use This Gospel" was good, mm-hmm. and he brought clips back together, which is crazy yeah. in itself. And I know um, my fiance sometimes will put on the Christian station, mm-hmm. and "Use This Gospel" came on. And I was like, this is wild, hearing Pusha yeah. T mm-hmm. on a Christian radio song. <laughs> that shit is wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that, I respected in that regard that he was able to do that and kind of reach the audience that he was trying to reach, because I feel like he did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, the priest at my church at Holy Family even brought up his album oh, and was wow. talking about it. So it's like, yeah. yeah, he did. Like you said, he made a gospel album. It reached the audience that he was trying to reach. I was just expecting him to still do that but create a new sound right and I feel like he did that with a few of the tracks like I think it was either Follow God or On Follow God. God I think Follow God's a really good beat right yeah yeah so it's, it's probably that one that I'm thinking of where it's that's what I was expecting a full album of mm-hmm. and to, so to not get that and only get that on two songs which is that song and use this gospel was like mm-hmm. nah I can't I can't do this mm-hmm. I'll go back to these songs when I wake up in the morning and for some reason it's stuck <laughs> in my head yeah. but I'm not gonna throw it in my, my mix next to Benny the Butcher cause yeah. it's just not gonna work <laughs> yeah right. I think some dude at the artwork was like so did you listen to the album he's like an older dude but you know we're, we're both into hip hop so he's like did mm-hmm. you listen to it I was like yeah and he's like, is it worth it? And I'm like, well, it's a gospel album. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, basically, like, do you listen to gospel? <laughs> it's not worth it if you don't listen to gospel. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah, that's why I think. <laughs> that's a that's, very simple but good point. That's why I'm not trying to be too hard on it. It's like, yeah. it just wasn't for me. Like, I got through four songs. Like, I don't listen to gospel music or know what this should be. So I think gonna, it's yeah. going to be something like uh, 30, 40 years from now. That's a long time, but like you're going to look back and be like, wow, he did that. Yeah. But, of course. I feel like we do that with every single one of his yeah, albums. Yeah. It isn't until we're disappointed by the next one yeah. that we appreciate the one prior to Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. 
I started. I, I started like remember watching Jesus Walks on MTV back yeah, then. Right. Play the music video, and I was like, "Damn, this is so powerful." Remember so, when they put him on a pedestal too? Yeah, during that time because he was dressing different. Mm-hmm. It was like, "Oh, this is the person for the kids to follow," oh, rather man. than wearing a bulletproof vest. Wrong. <laughs> like yeah. put it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, really cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't hate any other album, or I wasn't disappointed by any other album. Yeah, I didn't year. say I was either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was because I had such a strong opinion about those two. Is why it made 2019 less impactful as 2018. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, but I, I, I kind of I'll shoot it some bail as far as like I feel like right now. And I guess if we're going final thoughts, this is my final thoughts about like the year. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like hip hop is at a very like transitional period right now. Like from 2015 to 16, even 17 we saw an explosion in like SoundCloud rappers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mumble rap and trap was like the dominant subgenre of hip hop. So it was like that was buzzing. And in that time, you saw a lot of people come out with one song that made them blow up and gain a fan base because now we have the internet. The one hit wonder has kind of right. died out because you could come up with one hit and still build a fan base off of that and still be able to reach people through your social media outlets and all that. So mm-hmm. it's like... You could still build that fan base even though five years ago you'd be quote-unquote a one-hit wonder. So I feel like there was a lot of that in 2015, 16, and 17. In 2018, while I guess people like us in this room specifically appreciated those songs, appreciated some of those mumble rap songs or whether it was that, in 2018, 2017, 2018, we kind of saw who out of that scene was going to be able to transition into being uh, holding more longevity and, and mm-hmm. be a more established artist, like a 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have made an argument when he first came out that, ah, he's not going to be around for long. No. But then throughout the years, he's proved that, nah, he is. He can stick he, around, yeah. Yeah, he can rap, he can make those records, he can make something that makes you want to go do a drive-by, <laughs> but then also drop knowledge on you from time to time. So it's like, between 17 and 18 was when we saw those artists transition. And mm-hmm. I think that's why... For me, especially, and in, in we had this conversation, I feel like, even last year, it was like, we saw them mm-hmm. like stamp themselves and be like, okay, I'm going to make an impact on hip-hop culture. I'm going to be here, almost, mm-hmm. like, walk in the door and say, hey, I'm here to stay. So we saw that in 2018, 2019, and also, we were reminded of the music that we loved in 2018, mm-hmm. with Redemption coming out, with Victory Lap coming out, and being able to be recognized in the Grammys and, and more on a... a a global range it reminded us why we love hip-hop the way we do because i know i feel like i go through that i might start listening to stuff that's popular and be like yeah i really fuck with this stuff now like i don't mm. understand why people hate it so much and then kendrick comes out and i'm like nah this is why i yeah. love hip-hop this is the hip-hop that i love and i feel like we were we were reminded that in 2018 mm-hmm. and for me that's what makes it a little bit better and in 2019 we don't hear mumble rap songs really come out. Mm-mm. Like, they're not popping like they used to. From time to time, we'll hear something happens, something takes off on TikTok between, like, <laughs> the kids, like, yeah, the, the yeah. super young kids, and that becomes, they love Doja Cat now because she's popping on TikTok. Right. Like and they Doja can make Cat. it, I like, I fuck with Doja <laughs> Cat too. But she also makes music that, like, they can mm-hmm. put in their little TikToks and dance to, yeah. but then, also, when we listen to some of her songs, it's like, no, she's really spitting. She can blend a mix of what sounds like Rihanna, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, all of them into Go to Town. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a song about a girl getting eaten out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's wild. Like, and for her to be able to make that record and it it still be solidified, like, that is the new 
quote unquote what should be a one hit wonder. Right. But you see she has talent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like we're at that in twenty nineteen. Artists are coming out like who are making songs that pop and blow up because of streaming like or, or they have discovered. You know? yeah. But yeah, but then right away they start breaking off into no, I could do this. Exactly like a YBM Corday. Mm-hmm. Like we see him, we see the name, it sounds like he fits that elk. And then he comes out with an album that we connect with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now he's being pushed into that space. Now he has more of a, a legendary status, I guess you could say, or at least on his way to becoming a hip-hop legend mm-hmm. if he if he goes the right route and stuff like that. We saw Jay-Z come back in 2018. We saw him on Meek's album with What's Free, his yeah. verse, him be able to make that impact. It was a reminder of like, nah, this is hip-hop. For, I feel like, at least our generation, it was like, I'm going to remind you of why you loved hip-hop in 2003. Mm-hmm. Why why you made this genre as big as it is now. In 2019, it was, it's kind of... I feel like artists are figuring out now how to survive in this space. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it just got flipped. It was like, yeah, just make a one-hit wonder. Make a one-minute song that people can play 30,000 times. And you'll stream well on Apple Music. And you'll also create a small buzz. You'll make a couple million dollars because it's the Wild West right now. Yeah. And then just survive off of that. But now it's like, oh no, let me remind you that you need to make good music. You need to make quality music in order for you to last in this genre. Right. And I feel like artists are like, I feel like this year they kind of stepped back. And we're like, okay, let me wait. Because I don't want to put out any mid. Mm -hmm. I want to put out the best of the best. Right. So I'm hopeful for like next year and the following years and some of like superstar acts that might come back we mm-hmm. might get Rihanna again if we ever get her <laughs> but like we'll see I feel like we'll see that and we'll see a good like an uptake in quality of music yeah just because we kind of wheeled it out what, what's really dope and what, what yeah. is gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna see some white kid with pink hair and tattoos yeah. really be the face, face of hip hop anymore yeah, exactly. yeah like we didn't want to see that and now I feel like we've gotten to that point where it's like okay we can finally Get rid of that. Sorry, you got that tattoo on your face forever. <laughs> but it's like you're not going to make the impact. You're not going to push the culture forward. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be the OGs mm-hmm. who can really rap or some of the new guys who can make music like the OGs. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, too, where there's like, you mentioned it, too, there's like we're in a state of hip-hop where there's so many subgenres. You have uh-huh. everything from like the Juice Worlds, the Triple X's, yeah. uh, to the Drill Rap, where Chief Keef, I-, I went to Rolling Loud this year, and I just felt like, like eighty percent of like the player people who were after five six o'clock were all from like the Chicago area or just kind of like very similar style to to Chief Keef and like that Chief drill Keef's rap. Kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chief Keef's kids and shit. So <laughs> it, it's like it's there's that lane, but you can also get into like the lane where the Mozzies or even like the mm-hmm. Dom Kennedys are in. Then you see like J Cole and Kendrick still have stuff on the radio. So there's a lot of lanes in hip hop, and I think eventually there's gonna be so many lanes and it's gonna be like oh who's better because we just like to do that as like a natural like uh-huh. human yeah. being thing where i think we're gonna start to see hopefully and i think this will be good for hip-hop is but like more battle raps or more diss tracks or more yeah. stuff like that and i think it'd be good because you know if it's i think game said it in one of his albums if it's just like purely for hip-hop i think he called out big sean he called out future and oh yeah i think it's the light yeah. yeah in the light yeah. so he called out a few artists but he's like if it's just for hip-hop yeah, we should go to toe to toe and see who you know come out on top. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like to see that in hip hop because right now you don't see a lot of that, and there is so many lanes. And there's like you know there's people who think you know I think it's crazy that you can talk to someone who th- says they like hip hop, but they can have a different top five, completely different, completely yeah. different you know artists that they listen to that's way different you know whether whatever background they're from, and it could be good to them, but they don't know anything about any of the top five artists we have, or yeah. top five albums we had. So I think it's just it's really diverse and uh-huh. spread so much into like I would say my only fear with that is 
I feel like Rock went through that. Yeah. And at some at earlier point, even before our time, 80s rock, whatever, that was the number one genre. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved rock. It was undeniable that that was like the main thing that like had a yeah. had a chokehold on the culture. But then when you started seeing so many subcultures within rock and then people arguing, nah, this this type of rock is better. That's not rock. This mm-hmm. is rock. And that those arguments took place. It kind of separated everybody to the point where, okay, this style kind of dwindles out. This style kind of dwindles out. And now rock is no longer. You can't find a good rock band, I feel like. No. That, that might just be because I'm a hip-hop head, but I, I am the masses. So it's like if you if you don't reach the masses, then your genre kind of dies out. Right. And I kind of fear that with hip-hop. Of course, when like mumble rap takes a stronghold on hip-hop, for someone like me, it's like, I don't really want to hear this shit. I don't want this shit to be the face of hip-hop. So when it dies out... I'm kind of excited, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like I don't want to start killing off all these subgenres of hip hop right. because what if m- my style of rapping doesn't translate to the masses and hip hop is no longer the the number one genre? And that's my biggest fear. I want to be able to die mm-hmm. knowing that hip hop is still yeah, as influential one. as it is and it crosses over into music and into fashion, into art, because that's what it is right now. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't get away from hip hop right now if you're into any of those things. If mm-hmm. you like clothes, you're dressing like a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> like sorry, but yeah, no, just, yeah. it is IKEA, what it is. And it has Virgil Virgil Abloh. Seriously. Stuff, really? And he's affiliated with like Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. IKEA I was just in there the other day and they have Sonos and like they're trying to cross over into making a lamp that plays music. Yeah. And they're like, the way that they display it, the way that they market it is for hip-hop. a younger demographic that yeah. is more inclined to like hip hop. Yeah. So it's like for the, for exactly like what you yeah. said, to, to make a connection between hip hop and Ikea, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my little, my mom took my little cousin, well, he's like 15. She took him clothes shopping like a couple years ago and she got him some new shoes. And like, I know he he had never listened to a tribe called Quest, but he knows who they are because mm. they're huge. And he's like, "Yo, check these out!" And he got tribe called Quest that's, bands. That's dope. Oh dang! I, <laughs> I didn't know those existed. And, he's, yeah. and you know, he's still wearing them, and you know, yeah, like, like what you said. Well, you always yeah. see like the culture Shoes. vultures. I mean, even from like people who wear those Wu Tang shirts and like couldn't name you like three of the people, yeah, three of the members of Wu Tang. Yeah, but that's you know? still you know, yeah, it's proof, it might be it's, their introduction into yeah. it, and that's what I was but saying it's earlier. That it's it's as impactful it may, yeah. as it is. He saw the dope shoe and grabbed it. Yeah, but it's Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. and if that's like again, if that's his introduction in Tribe Called yeah. Quest, yeah, and now when he's because I'm assuming he's how old is he? Right he's now? like sixteen. He's now. like sixteen. So if and he's twenty five and he's still pushing Tribe Called Quest yeah, because yeah. he has that connection to that shoe, I can't be mad at that. No, like that's yeah. keeping hip hop alive. Yeah. And that's the the number one way you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, like Tribe Called Quest, they were what, in the early nineties? Uh-huh. Do you do you see any artists like that having their clothing line, their brand, stuff like that in two years not twenty years, twenty years two down years. the road when we're yeah. you know, we have kids or something like that and just kids that are now age they can look back and oh yeah, I remember you know whether it's Kendrick Lamar. Do you see any artists like that outside exactly. of no. TDE and Dreamville? Uh-uh. I don't see anything like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I don't Dude. think Chief Keith is gonna come out with like, a brand line or <laughs> yeah, line, yeah. You know? uh-huh. So Rock Nation, Rockefeller, like, mm-hmm. all those those <laughs> maybe old Kanye, Rock Aware, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like it it comes with the trend, and that's where they're kind of fortunate in the fact that like things from the past always come back. So it's like oh. You know that '90s style of clothing is back, so 
let's go hunt for old Rockaware in a thrift store. Yeah. But Jay-Z's still here. Like, he mm-hmm. could put out Rockaware again. Yeah. He put out, like, his Reasonable Doubt clothing line with Urban Outfitters. And it's mm-hmm. like, is a Jay-Z fan really scrolling, rolling through Urban Outfitters? Nah. No. But it's there. Mm-hmm. And now you might see some random girl who knows nothing about Jay-Z rocking that mm-hmm. Reasonable Doubt team. It's like, <laughs> you don't even know. But at the same time... <laughs> For me, it's like, oh shit! Now I gotta go through Urban Outfitters to get that T-shirt, yeah. to get the the old Rock Rockefeller hats. Like yeah. I gotta go through them, but and it's kind of dope to see that. Of course, it's hard because, like you said, you see that white girl wearing a, a reasonable dash shirt. And you're like, get the fuck! You know nothing, about <laughs> Jay. And that what you album. doing? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you can't be mad. I, I want hip hop to be as alive as it is. Mm-hmm. I want it to still kind of push forward and still put its foot in every single door possible yeah. so it's mm-hmm. like you gotta kind of ride with it mm-hmm. good spot to end yeah free Bobby Shmurda <laughs> free Bobby Shmurda free Max B free Kodak <laughs> I think Max B's almost out which would be dope yeah they said like he was supposed to he was gonna be like how big Drake is oh yeah Max B but you know got locked up I mean he had a different sound and when you go back and listen to old Max B sounds you hear it now mm-hmm. and you can see like whether or not people subconsciously kind of took his flow. I mean, he made up the word wavy. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Max B started the wave. <laughs> so it's like, of course, those things transition. And yeah. you may not 100% attribute it to Max B, but it, he was still here. He still yeah. has that. that he, he, I guess, set the blueprint. And yeah. And kind of ran with it and built off of yeah. it. They can free those guys but keep Takashi locked up. Oh, yeah. Really. <laughs> 100%. The fucked up part is he's going to be the one that's freed the fastest. Probably. probably. <laughs> puts a bad rap on Mexicans. Puts a bad rap on hip-hop. Yes. Fuck Takashi. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey and Epstein not... didn't kill himself. That's how we're in it. It's still, good. it's still good that he's dead. Yeah, it's still good that he's dead. He just didn't... He, was... he didn't kill himself. He didn't kill himself, but he just... All right. That's all I got. <laughs> AOC <laughs> 2020 We're going to live in New York But we support Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Please notice me You will see socialism In the coming years <laughs> No, I appreciate you guys though Of course, man Thanks for tuning in To another edition Of the My Mike and I podcast I am your host Noah Alvarez A lot of exciting football This upcoming weekend January, was it January 4th and 5th, their NFL playoff start. We have the New England Patriots in a wild card round game, which it seems like forever. It just seems like an odd thing to say. But nonetheless, that should be an exciting game. We also have the rematch of the Minnesota Miracle. The Vikings take on the Saints. That should be an exciting game as well. A lot of talented teams in the wild card round playing. The Buffalo Bills versus the Houston Texans. And, you know, just be excited for football because it continues on to Monday as well. January 6th, you have the College Football National Championship between two Tigers, the LSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers. Of course, I'm rocking with the Bayou Bengals. Joe Burrow and company should have the... Well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx anything. Nonetheless, I'm very confident in this LSU team, which I'm very excited for because I've been a fan since I was a really young kid. Uh, watching Matt Flynn and Jamarcus Russell and, and Laron Landry, Craig Stelz, and some of those players, and, and from you know Tyron Matthews to Patrick Peterson, there have been a lot of great LSU teams, especially that 2011 team that played in the national championship. But this team, whew, well, not even this team, this player and Joe Burrow might be the better than all the teams combined in LSU history. That's how special this kid is. He's going against Trevor Lawrence. Probably the the next best quarterback in college football has ever seen, and he's going to be argu- arguably 
the number one quarterback taken off the board in next year's draft. So it should be a lot of fun. Definitely a fun-filled football weekend this upcoming weekend. Don't forget to check out the My Mike and I page too on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. Also follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. I really, really appreciate it too if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you left a review and a rating as well. Also, if you're listening on SoundCloud, give us a follow. Give us a uh, subscribe. Subscribe to us too if you're listening on Apple as well. And just do anything you can to help support the podcast. Whether it's spread via word of mouth, I would greatly appreciate it. Alright, without further ado guys, this is Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast. Signing off. Till next time.